Also, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever this is. This is Max Bailey alongside my critical partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. I time of this recording, today's kind of special because this is the second day of the second month of 2020. Right. Yes, apparently this is well, what palindrome. a palindrome day, I, I believe that's the name of it. That, that's right. what people like online, like on Facebook, calling this, right? Because well, I, I really didn't know about this till I went on Facebook um, this morning, actually. I saw a few of my friends actually posting up this 020, sorry, this 0202 stuff. They're like, okay, this is right, yeah. it's actually kind of cool, though. Okay, there's a yeah, shame that... that um, it's a shame that it fell on a Sunday, you know, because you, you right. think, like, I don't know, have some kind of big event with a capitalize on it, maybe like a movie release. Well, that's what's going, well, yeah, going on today. Uh, well, we have two things. It's also Groundhog Day, so it's yes, the idea yes. of one of my favorite movies ever. Yes, uh, it's a classic movie, you know, Bill Murray, yeah. classic movie. Mm-hmm. And then, well, uh, you know, uh, it's a sport that will follow, but uh, people like it, and people like it for the ads, uh, Super Bowl. Yes, 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 that's true. Um, and you know, on the subject of that, I was actually considering watching the the, the halftime, you know, game. Con- sorry, the halftime concert thingy because they were advertising a lot on 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 Fox um, last week, right? But I was yeah. like, I hear Demi Lovato, who by the way had a real cool performance at the Grammys. I, yes, I actually did watch some of the the Grammys um, after we met online. Um, also, DJ Khaled, who also performed um, at the Grammys. Well, he did the the tribute song, which um, the Nipsey Hussle tribute song, which is off of his album right. uh, "Father of a um, Father of a Sadna." But just just a little segue with that, right? So while I do appreciate um, the the Grammys at least acknowledging um, at least oh, sorry acknowledging Nipsey Hussle and him winning his first ever Grammy, even though it's posthumous. Um, oh yes, and shout out to you know Mike Wise and Doughboy. Of the hostility podcast, they actually made mention of this in their, Love you know, um, season <laughs> premiere episode that they that they put out last week. Um, but yeah, they made mention of this sooner. But yeah, um, while while I do acknowledge, you know, and um, what they did there, you know, I mean, show respect to him, and then also at the very end, having this um, this not a mural, but more or less seeing Nipsey's, you know, face alongside Kobe's, you know, Kobe Bryant's. That was real cool, yeah. but. I don't know. It's just me. It was like it's literally the same performance that they did at the BT Awards, just without the um, Kobe Bryant stuff. Okay, yeah, literally, it just felt like the same thing that they did, you know, last year the BT Awards. But you know, what I mean, that, there's just something I just want to mention. But yeah, um, back to that, you know, show. Um, yeah, I would have checked it out, but you know, me, I just not into football, so it's not like yeah. I would have been watching it and then oh, yeah, it. I mean, oh well, when's yeah. halftime? Let me watch this now. You know, what I mean, yeah, and besides, I got right up here to. To talk about we stuff there, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about anyway. Yeah, 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 exactly. That is a normal football thing. I just it just adds. You only care about the ads, so I just exactly. want to see what movie ads coming, what clever ads coming out. I see a couple already. Uh, that is about it. Uh, all right, dumb right. dumb um, question, right? Uh, these are usually for films um, that are coming out in February or like yeah, you be, know, like along the, like. Along like the what, what I mean like for like summer releases now, you know me right. June and stuff. Do do we we usually get those right? No, yeah, that is what's happening. It's just it's always be the biggest ads you're kind of hyped for. Um, right. 
So whatever it is, whoever could spend the money because of Super Bowl time slots time slots are ridiculously expensive. I can't remember how much it is, but it's absurd. For like I'm, right. I think it's some something along the lines of a million a second or something like that, or something okay, insane okay. like it's like a ton of cash. Um, right. But yeah, the Super Bowl slot a lot of a lot of I see that so that's yeah, like yeah, best yeah. at 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 stuff and probably the best marketing position you could be. And you got kind of good with, um clever ads now going forward. So yeah, yeah. like see this stuff here. Yeah. Yeah, so so what I usually do is that I just wait for like a like a website, say like an indie wire or something or variety to just put up like all the best <laughs> all yeah, the best ads right. that aired so I could I could just catch right. up on all those there, you know what I mean? So I don't have yeah, to Yeah, usually what? Twitter or, or yeah, usually Twitter or my Facebook group or Reddit go catch it fast one time and I go drop it. Mm-hmm. I just scan it. Yeah, that's it. And I'll just see some ad and they'll be like, Oh shit. So she bit particularly impressive or interesting. Right. It didn't really have that much hype going, going going forward because of how fast it happened. And well, all the extra news for this first year of the decade, sorry, first month of the decade just, you know, hit us now. So we yeah. kind of get really too much hype for it. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it up on us. So um, yeah, I mean, uh, hype. So whatever. Right. So um, speaking of, of, of ads, right, and trailers and stuff like that, right? Well, before we get to that, right, I uh, just want to mention what we're going to be talking about in today's episode here. So um, we are going to review, uh, well, at least I will talk about the, I guess the series, the, well, sorry, the season as a whole, but I really want to talk about the last two episodes of the final season of CW's Arrow, right, which uh, right. aired a while back. Um, I finally checked it out, so I'll share my thoughts on that. Also, uh, well, a, well, the second half of a show that we've been praising for a long time, and well, this show finally came to an end. Um, long over, long overdue, if if you, um, if you know, in, in my honest opinion, uh, Netflix's BoJack Horseman, right? Um, the last eight episodes came out um, last Friday, in terms of recording. So we will share our thoughts on that. And, and well, for me, slight little spoiler, uh, my overall thoughts on the show itself, right? Um, also. Uh, movie or I should say a sci-fi horror film that has just been popping up in, as, as far as like you know YouTube goes you know I mean a lot of people have been talking about this show just being so weird and batshit crazy right this would be Color Out of Space right um, this yeah. is the latest yeah. Nicolas Cage film um, yes yeah, it's a whole Lovecraft book, if I remember correctly yes 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 um, oh, a, a short story type. written by, um, right. by H.P. Lovecraft right, right. Um, and what, what makes it quite interesting is that I didn't know that still after the fact. Um, the director of the film is Richard Stanley, right? Who honestly has not worked on a film um, in quite some time, actually. But yeah. um, one show that he worked, he worked on, well, kind of infamously known for, is a little movie from 1996 that I avoided <laughs> uh, called The Island of Dr. Moreau. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, he was he was scheduled to to work on the film, sorry, to direct the film, right? And then I I don't know what what went on behind the scenes, but um, John Frankenheimer came in last minute to work on that. I don't know. I just remember that show just being so in um being like widely acclaimed as just be, being one of the worst movies ever made. Now. So I just kind of skipped that movie like the, like the plague, right? But you know, we from there, you know, me has been doing some documentary stuff over the years. He even um, appeared in well a documentary that I really wanted to see called um, Hudoroski's Dune, right? Right, um, right. Yeah, he was one of the interviewees in that. Um, which yeah. reminds me, yeah, first I vaguely remember. Yeah, we can't remember watching that documentary. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I honestly need to watch that though. Um, just me being 
kind of a fan of of um, of Alejandro uh, Hodorowsky's stuff, course, right? Yeah, yeah. And right, then also yeah. too well, uh, uh, do we keep doing details and stuff like that? I saw like the the, the title card apparently for the upcoming Dune film that um yes. Denise yeah, that... um is helming. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's a sexy ass font right there, boy. I know, right? <laughs> they look real sexy. They're like, jeez, boy. Yeah. Um, but this just dumb question. I know we we'll move on from here, right? I highly doubt I'll get around to read any book that's based on, but now I'm wondering, as some of somewhat of a David Lynch fan, is it worth watching the movie? Cause I know he have his his issues with it. I know the movie have issues now. Yeah, the, the Lynch what film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I remember. I swear I had this discussion with you a while back. That someone okay, oh, I had to look for it and I'll probably have to link it to you. There's a person out there that did. Okay, so there's there's kind of I think three cuts in total for the Lynch film, right? Right. It's the the- theatrical cut, which is terrible. There's uh-huh, a director's uh there's a th- director's cut that's kind of a little too long, and then there's another cut that's very very long. I forget which cut that is, but someone online did a something along the lines of a four-hour cut that was kind of a squaring of the theatrical cut and the director's cut. And it's good. Like, the person did a really good job with the editing. And that's the version people watch from here on in. Um, All right. I, I don't look, look for it. But I, I, that's the one I, I, I only enjoy. Now. now it's the only one I remember um, at this point. I remember watching the theatrical cut years ago as a kid. It, it, like, look, like, I like the book, and, but I just go back and watch that and I was like, yeah, this, it does the work. Like is a hot mess. So, right. uh, but I, I ultimately I do defend the Lynch film for what it is. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's one of those you know the Bart Simpson your tried cake thing. Yes. You know, it has to see it. Um, nice about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, go go watch it. Go watch it if you can. Um, I won't really like fight it on and say the thing. And, and you should watch the sci-fi uh, miniseries for it. Oh right, sci-fi there was a- one. Yes, yes, I, I forgot yeah, about that. Sci-fi yes, did- yes. Yeah, they did a mini series of Dune and Children of Dune, and and both are fine. It's actually right. not that bad at all. Actually. Um, so that also I recommend it. It's a little on the cheap end because well, it's sci-fi, but yeah, is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that that I recommend. I can't even think of anything else if you're not gonna read the book. Um, that's pretty much it. Because even the even the, the core material, I am not the biggest fan of. Um, because one of the big these big set selling points of Dune was it it kind of stray away from a lot of like typical sci-fi tropes, and they gave a lot of good reasons as to why. And then the expanded universe stuff says, well, we're not going to do that and we're just going to in- introduce a bunch of other extra shit. Um, that's a bunch of typical sci-fi tropes and I'm not interested. And the sequels, the sequels are really weird and kind of get kind of weak for me. And then the prequels is total nonsense in my opinion. I'm, I'm one of those that don't like the prequels at all. Um, that's right. what the sun did. So, okay. I don't know. Go, go watch it. I'll, I'll go watch it to, to catch up and kind of refresh yourself if you, if you could. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Dune fan, um, you know, for what it, it tries to do, the ideas it's, it's put forward. The first book, I think, is still a masterpiece. I have no problem saying that. Um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, genuinely hyped for this, this Dune movie. I, I hopefully, we should get... I, one thing I, I thought is waiting for Super Bowl to give us a trailer. So, hopefully, I hope we get a trailer for at least Super Bowl. Because it should be coming out this year, so I don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? It may, it, they, might, they might drop something on us, you know, just out of the blue now. Perhaps, right. perhaps, perhaps. Right. Um, so along with, with uh, well, <laughs> going back to Color of the Space, along with that, uh, we will share our um, our individual predictions. Um, well, sorry, I should say picks, basically, for next week's um, Academy Awards ceremony. 
So we'll run through all the categories quickly and we will just, you know, just share our picks, right? Um, alongside that, um, I, well, for me, I don't know about you, Ricardo, I have like a runner up and ever so often I might just say, okay, but you know, I have a feeling this could still win, but it will be an upset if this other film win, you know what I mean? So I will kind of win on, you know, some of the other nominees for, you know, whatever category I reached, right? Okay, but before all that, you know, we talk about trailers and teasers and all that kind of stuff. So last Friday, I hear about, well, I mean, a couple of days before that, you know, we got the teaser for Fast and Furious 9, right? I was like, all right, tr- big trailer dropping Friday, right? I did like waiting, 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 because, you know, usually you expect these trailers to come out either lunchtime, like 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But I literally had to wait till like about 5 o'clock. One of my friends shared it on WhatsApp. I, I would, okay, it's on. It, it, it online right now. Checked it out. And um, I know about you, Ricardo, but my mind was blown by. I kind of like this trailer. I kind of like this trailer. Yeah. Yes, we're going to get to the and stuff in a bit. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so this this really through my thoughts on it, right? Um, for, up to now, I, I still don't know why it hasn't been number one and trending. Like it was number two yesterday, and now it's number eight for some weird reason. I guess it's some super bullshit against whatever. But this to me is like way, this is like the epitome where the franchise reached so far. Where they right. could just drop a bunch of surprises, a, a bunch of spoilers, like nearly the entirety of all the big action set pieces in this what three minute and fifty second trilogy, and still have you like fiending for more boy. It is over the top. It is ridiculous. It is silly. Um, I was wondering where how they're getting corporate John Cena. Yes, he's the bad guy, and then he had to say, "Oh, he's he's Dom's brother." Um, and I know yeah. for some people it's like, "Okay, why you spoil that for?" But this to me is just how cocky and confident this franchise is. Like, yeah, we could spoil this in this first trailer, but it don't matter. You know, it don't matter. franchise. Yeah, exactly. But the, the the fan base don't really give a shit about stuff like that. Like, I know it. I know, like in in eight, it had a big twist to the spoiler with what what Charlie Theron was doing. Yes. But like I get the feeling they might do something there and like the Dom's brother thing is just a thing and then they, they'll reveal what the big the real thing going on. But no, they do two big spoilers in this. Uh, yes. that and well uh, we boy come back, right? Yeah, Han, which which Han, which yeah. shocked me, like blew my mind. Just like, wait no, are you back? You know what I mean? But no. I mean let, let's be real, dude. The, the real reason why they do this is said this whole well, justice is coming and he deserves justice, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Is you kind of have to justify why Deckard Shaw is a hero now. That's why. Yeah, right. Because Deckard Shaw now joined the good guys now. You know, even before Hobson Shaw, but really with, you know, the events of, you know, the eighth movie, right? Yeah, so now you had to kind of justify why he, you know, still with the crew now, you know what I mean? Right. So I make this joke, I was wondering if they'll, if they'll bring him into Fast 9 or if they go wait till the 10th one to have him confront Han and, you know, they kind of duke it out. It's like, oh, well, you know what I mean? But at least you're still alive, right? So, hey, you know how it feels, right? Like, eh, you know what I mean? But yeah, that, that was a big, that was a big shock. Um, but I don't know how I felt if that wasn't spoiled. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, like I, I was just kind of imagine this scenario. Like, if I saw this for the first time in cinema, like the movie itself, it and hand came, people yeah. would have lost their shit. Right? So for them to spoil this at the very end of the trailer means yeah they have something else kind of lined up like maybe what's gonna happen I, I, this is what i feel it is like what's it all gonna lead to like what the tenth film is really gonna be about now um but yeah other than that though love the action scenes love how over the top they are 
points for using Kid Seagull's Feel the Love. Like when I was here, I can still feel the love. I was like, we hold up. Kid Seagull's thread, as in the, you know, as in Kid Cudi, um, Kanye West, you know what I mean? Right, uh, right, right. Great album, albeit a tad bit overrated, you know what I mean? This this came around the same time with, you know, Detona and all that kind of stuff. There. But that was the opening track for that album. And, like, I don't know, in my head I was like, okay, I would love to hear this in a film. For the main reason being is because of when Kanye West comes in, right? And he comes in with this kind of aggressive kind of... How to describe it? It's almost like he's just mimicking, you know, like a, a drum being strummer. So he's like... Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? And he yeah. the trailer. I was like, oh, come on. This is what I want to see. They're like, and I never yeah. believed in a million years you to hear that in a fast, in a fast for your trailer there. And it worked. It fit perfectly. Right? And last thing, last two. Yeah, I mean, over the topness. I mean, oh gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> and this car swinging on a vine hearse. Like, what? Kazan. Kazan, though. What? Yeah. <laughs> but I will lie, though. I probably watched this trailer like, Four times in total, but I just can't, can't get enough of it. So yeah, May the twenty second, I believe that's when it's coming out. This is the IMAX. Right. For sure, this is a definite IMAX for me. So Ricardo, any <laughs> thoughts you have on this fast night trailer? Honest opinion. Well, I can't, I can't see a too too height um, for it. I mean, it's a Fast and Furious movie, so you know, it's only it's only so much you could do with it for me. Um, but I uh, yeah, I want to see it. Uh, they bring back the girl, um, Charlie Theron character. I really too. I wasn't too hung up over her in the last one. Yeah, I want to see what they're gonna do. Um, and they changed her hairdo, so props, props. Right. Yeah. For some reason, she she, she looking like um, Dylan Roof basically. And <laughs> so I know what's going on there, but uh, whatever. I um, we gonna see. I want to see what they're gonna do with it. You know, that guy not looking anything like <laughs> like Dom does, like <laughs> whatever. But no, well, well, um, yeah, we know that. We don't really care, to be honest. Right. Well. Um, <laughs> I, well, I don't know if they're bringing back Rock in this, but they needed another wrestler. So that was a big thing anyway. So we don't know what's yeah, going on there. I, I, I did hear, honestly, that he wasn't coming into this one. I guess he right. can have okay. two wrestlers in the same movie for some reason. Well, I, 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 I hear the exact the problem is that, well, they lose one wrestler, so they had to get an ex-big wrestler. That was the idea. Right. Um, you know, because you know, I think, if I understand Vin Diesel and Rock, not, not you know, friends or they're not talking or something along those lines. I know what's going on exactly. But yeah. um, so it's like okay, well, so yeah. you you get your hubs and show on, you you right, still part right, right. but not exactly in involved that much now. Yeah, again, as I say, my thing is the set pieces of it. Um, mm-hmm. they just have to do a good set piece and, and they'll sell me. I, you know, I, I like eight for what it was great. Had a good set piece at the end. Um, of course, yeah, with with that uh, with that Submarino in the in the Arctic, seven, love that. Yeah, seven was a bit underwhelming. Didn't really have any particularly good set pieces for me. And okay, I, 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 I kind of love Seven. Like, Seven was like, okay, I, I don't right. think this franchise could go as far as it did. You know, having a, a car literally drive from one rise to another one that was insane. I had some right, other right, stuff yeah. there too. And then eight yeah. dropped with but the, still, you know, something stuff. They're like, okay, well, yeah, still, you know, still, this franchise just did. keeps going now. You know what I mean? And that's, that's itself. Yeah. It just keeps going. Yeah, they still have to, um, they still have to hold me with respect to five and six. I find five and six is still the apex of the, the material in terms of what to do with action sequences, how to handle this stuff. I mean, that, that scene with the safe is still a goddamn classic. Uh, the of scene with the tank, yeah, still still great stuff in 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 a, in a classic. So, uh, well, we can see. Now, as as I said, um, as a good thing you bring up five and six now. Now, what I feel they're going to do with Cena's character is that they try. What what I get they're trying to do 
is like they're taking bits and pieces of all or at least the major antagonists like Dom's antagonist right so you have the rock from the from part five you know how relentless he was how he wouldn't stop chasing these guys down you have that there you have um owen shaw you know he's this top class driver right so you incorporate that then you have the assassin thing so that's deckard shaw you know what i mean so i feel like his all three of those characters just merge into one villain here that that's why i get from it and they stop and say oh well he's a great driver and an assassin and blah 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 you know what i mean it's like, yeah, so they, they, they're trying to sell like he's going to be like the best, the best now. But it's just really like an amalgamation of like the, all the traits that all, well, the, the major villains had now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, like I don't know how they're going to treat his character here. Um, I'm not expecting great acting across the board though, but I'm really curious to see how Cena does the villain stuff. I don't think I, well, oh gosh, apart from, from Bumblebee, which was fine, I never see him be like really intense as a villain and that to yeah. me is what he's selling here uh with bumblebee he was more like yeah bad but i'm more like you know evil gi joe kind of bad character that, that that's what he was selling a real crackle joke here there but this one seems like he really kind of serious well serious in terms of you know the fast furious franchise now. yeah uh right. but on that though yeah i i, I kind of love this trailer i really can't wait to see this i know what you yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I can't say I'm too, too hyped, but yeah, it's looking good. I'll go on to you. Yeah, yeah. Right, so next off we have Arrow. Final season, well, I should see the final two episodes after, you know, the crisis on Infinite Earth, sir. And right. Like I said, when we talked about that, well, the wrap-up to that, I was seeing how, basically, I was expecting to see how they were going to show Mia's character, how she was going to don her father's, you know, um, well, Donny Hood basically and become the new Green Arrow basically. Um, and they do that in a sense where they actually do that in the second to last episode, right? Which, right. weirdly enough, well, actually not weirdly, but smartly enough, leaves the potential basically for a spin off series. And um, from what, what, I, what I've read at right, it's called Green Arrow and the Canaries, right? But I'll explain right. what I mean. Well, yes, multiple, but in this case, we're talking about, um, well, Star City in 2040. Cause, yeah, because this is where... Uh, or 2040, I can't remember. Sorry? Twenty. Well, yeah, it is 2050. No, 2040. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, because that was where uh, Mia came from, right? So basically, the story itself set in that time, right? And um, don't want to spoil what happens, but this is like literally, yeah, well, two decades after Oliver died, right? So everybody kind of move on. But what went on is that Mia kind of forgot what went on before well, all the events that happened in the, in the season itself. So she is a socialite. She going to get married to this guy. Her brother's still alive. Her friends are still alive and all that kind of stuff. Okay, if you remember, prior to Crisis, well, a majority of her friends got wiped out by Deathstroke, right? Um, and the person, ironically, that she, well, going to get married to is the guy who was playing Deathstroke. She, he was the brother of, well, one of the guys who was helping out, um, who was helping out Mia, but he was also the adopted son of um, John Diggle, right? So in Tumanita-esque style, you see Laurel, now Laurel coming and warning this girl, well, the friend, this, this um, well, in this universe, she was the daughter of this big... Um, crime boss that Oliver had bring down like years ago now. 
But basically, right. she's warning about all these guys coming to, to kidnap her. And uh, well, Sue says so then she get kidnapped. So now Laurel seeks out Mia. And then she goes back and finds um, Dinah now, right? Dinah, who also kind of forget events were going on. And they do a little bit, um, they do a little they, something they, cool they, here. Remember, we can reset her. So it's like a new right. version of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they had this little cool thing where she had like this glove now and had like these little like dots on them basically. So if you touch somebody, they will see the the memories that they lost now. So it can incorporate what John Jones did, but uh, what she says is that um, Cisco Ramon actually created tech fit. So cool. So everybody kind of remember what, what went on. You remember what Oliver did. It's like, okay, cool, but Star City hasn't had any crime. But what Laura says is that in a couple of years, well, sorry, the year following, uh, because the girl who got kidnapped got killed, that will start right. like this whole crime wave now. So they had to kind of stop this. So essentially, it's just well, like you know, as I say before, it's Green Arrow and the Canaries. It's the well, all three of them join forces, and they just you know kicking ass and all that kind of stuff. So that essentially is what the story is about. Um, and then the next episode, well, the final one called Fade Out. You know, perfect title, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. This one is well, the the send off, not the true send off to Oliver's character. This is where we actually see the funeral. Because what would the last episode they, they kinda of imply that the funeral did take place now? But in this case here you see and everything, you see everybody show up. Um also you see Grant Gustin and uh, Melissa Benoist uh, make appearances. They show yeah. up. Um but really what it was is how to describe. So William no, um that would be Mia's younger brother, right? Sorry, yeah, Mia's younger brother. Well, the William that we know, the teenage William, right? In Star City, well, 2020, right? He gets kidnapped by this guy who um, who Oliver had brought down before. And they had like this nice little flashback where you kind of understand what was going on. And, you know, props to the stunt team and all that kind of stuff. They also do like this really cool, well, they heal it as probably the action sequence, the end all action sequences. And right. yeah, they, they, they kind of come true. So, you know, if, if you watch our yeah, episode, you know, you have those one, you have those scenarios where, well, yeah, um, Arrow will come, Green Arrow will come in, fight a bunch of bad guys and escape. Well, they do that, but it's in this kind of three to four minute sequence and kind of dope, right. though. Yeah, yeah. What it, what it is, they shoot a brand new sequence, but it's like a new version of what the original Clash with Deathstroke was. Yes. Like it's that. That's yeah. the idea. Yeah, that, that that's exactly the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how they kind of incorporate, you know, footage from like, you know, previous episodes, um, previous seasons, sorry, I think it was like season three or four, one of them, right, involving Deathstroke there. So they kind of work around that really cool, now, just to kind of show how, um, essentially to show how Oliver's cool in the camera, it was this list that he was just killing off people, how that eventually changed, you know what I mean, where he kind of realized he had to be a hero and not just some killer, right? Um, and what else? But what was really cool is that, like, near the end, like, after the funeral, everybody kind of move on to do this stuff, right? And just go into slight spoiler territory. So with John Diggle, something interesting happened is that um, he, well, they had the scene with him in the night by this van, and a meteor actually lands right near him. Big explosion. He flies back, hits the van. He looks down now, and he sees, like, this box, right, in the rubble. And he picks it up, he opens it. And it's this green yeah. light. And yeah, you never really see yeah. what happens there. But I don't know if yeah, in yeah. comic book lore, what's right. going on there. Maybe, I don't know if that if that's supposed to lead into a next um, series. So here, yeah, well, what's happening there? Uh-huh. Um, 
Okay, so two things going on. So remember the end of uh, the crisis, the show, uh, one of the worlds is a Green Lantern world, right? Oh. Oh, wait, you don't know it's a Green Lantern? Holy shit. No, 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 no. Dude, 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 dude. I, no, I, I didn't pick up on that. I actually forgot. Okay, so, okay, no. Right. So here, here, what thing going to happen? Uh, HBO Max has a Green Lantern show coming. So the Green Lantern show is going to be that world. And I'll have all the Green Lanterns except for probably Jon Stewart. And then Diggle in Earth Prime going to be the Green Lantern of Earth Prime. But he's not going to get his own show. What right. is happening? Remember, they say um, Diggle wife. Well, you know, Diggle had two children. Now, the, the daughter and the son. Yes. Right? Because, because both timelines. Because remember, Flash caused that to happen. Um, to have to, to switch his son to a daughter, I think. But yeah, now I, because, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So yeah, anyway, you have to try. But they, they mentioned the wife moving to Metropolis. So what I feel gonna they, they're gonna do is have him be the a main side character in new Superman show coming. Because I have a new Superman show coming as well on CW. Right. Mm-hmm. So what you could say basically what Martian Manhunter is to Supergirl, he is going to be to Superman. He's gonna be like Oh, okay, okay. I I, I got it, I got it. <laughs> I don't think he gained his own show, his own Green Lantern show. I don't think that happened. Yeah, probably um, not. Yeah. Right. So that's what I suspect they're going to do there. That's what I feel they're doing. That's what I think they're doing. And then, since they have a new multiverse now, they're going to do the HBO Max show, and then they're probably going to cross over that later on. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If, if, if things work out, right? Um, that's what I feel going on. That's what I suspect going on. Right. Yeah. Well, well that... Um... Some, well, well that's that, that's some really good points there, but I'm dog. I really didn't pick up on the green lantern thing. And like I was watching, it's like wait, no, that's not that's not kryptonite, right? But no, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, but what I really dug though was the the final scene involving um, well, pretty much um, Oliver and uh, Felicity, who who make yeah. well, who comes back. I thought that was really great, bringing her back in. Um, and I love like. Well, yeah, I see love, right? In terms of like with Oliver and how he saw hell previously, how he saw purgatory literally as being Leah knew. In this place, he saw the afterlife or heaven, if you want to call it that, um, being the same office where he saw Felicity for the first time. Not to be confused right. where they actually met up together, where he was trying to extract some kind of information. I think that's how it went. And that's where they actually spoke for the first time. Now we talk about when he first saw her, basically. And I thought right. that was like a really, really nice way to, to end the, the series here. So, I mean, yes, the series itself always had like this kind of problematic aspect about it. Like in terms of, how to say, how, what stories are trying to tell, how to wrap it up and all that kind of stuff. And I know maybe that's why some people kind of give up on it, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it's just kind of right. running, like probably like spinning on its wheels now. But I'll give the I'll give the, the, the creators credit though. They actually come true real good for the end though. So is yeah. that like the best, 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 best series finale ever? I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um Knife really come true real good with this one. Um yeah, but yeah. I take it you you so you you checked it out, right? Yeah, I watched it. I watched the finale. Um yeah, right. I well, uh, what you thought about it. Yeah, look, I you know I've never been I've never been the fan, a big fan of, of Arrow, and mostly because I just never really like Green Arrow as a character in general, and I I never felt that this show Rockman enough because it always felt like off band Batman, you know, that's what right. it always felt. Sorry to say it, uh, but they finally, um, but as a finale, it works, um, especially post, um, crisis, yeah, it works, it works for what it is, 
I, I thought it was a solid, solid um, finale. It works as a finale quite well. Is I, I felt a little too much of an ad for other shows. Like, they clearly hype in the show and that show and so on. So, but that's fine. Um, yeah, that, that, like, that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and I think it's that, just really for the fans. So, they wouldn't be exactly. too, too teary eyed. They're like, oh, gosh, you're not going to see this again. Man. But, you know what I mean? You, you have you have great characters interwoven in the story anyway, so you might at least give the impression that they could have you know future shows with them. Now, you know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't mind seeing well, you know, Dinah and you know Laurel and Wild Dog and those characters. Even bring back yeah. Ragman to like, oh, yeah, I forget about Tias. Um, right, I mean, yes, points for bringing back um, of course, Laurel Father though. Right, yeah, no, they, well, they have to bring back everybody. So it's like everything reset. There's no, no continuity thing anymore. They do what they had to do. We know what happened with Crisis Cool. Um, as I said, I, what, what I'm genuinely excited is, is Diggle as, as Green Lantern. I hope they really pull that off. I hope they go forward and I hope they really go forward and, and pull the trigger on that. And yeah. they basically have Diggle in Superman because I, I really like the Tyler Hecklin Superman. I really want to see what they're going to do. They change it up where they have, both of them have two chair now. So I want to see where they're going, going to go with that. If they make it a kid's show or they, you know, they put that aspect in and, and, and kind of skew younger because, sorry to say it, DCs kind of only work when they skew younger. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, will, I want to see, really, want to see what they're doing with that show. Uh, but that's the only thing I have my hyped to say, okay, because they're going to they're gonna somebody who, you know, yeah, he had to kind of continue on past, you know, our owner. Like, I really want to see him continue getting work and whatever it is so cool. I hope to see Stephen Amell in, well, more... More stuff, right? I mean, the man done right. that eight years of life to do this. He made that one appearance in um, what was that Ninja Turtle sequel? I didn't bother to watch. Uh, we play yeah, um, yeah, yeah. play boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. But yeah, if you'll get more yeah, stuff where he where he get to you know I me mean, where he get to showcase his physical, you know, his his fighting skills and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. We'll right. see. Yeah, so cool. I I just want to see what they're gonna do with it. Make it work. And uh, right as a finale, it's fine. It's a nice. It really is the Arrowverse now, as in Arrow created the, the rest of the universes. Life yes. see from that, and no longer Arrow doesn't exist on its own. And other Arrow, Arrow shows go. We can see what will happen and going forward. Um, I have no idea if the other Arrow shows go work, but we go find out. And yeah, it's really just the Diggle stuff I want to see going forward. That's about it. Yeah, I understand. Um, I I'm right. just curious to see what other shows like if they're really gonna do this green arrow and canary stuff. Um, yeah. well, I'm just curious to see how it'll play out there and if they're gonna incorporate. Well, you know, not just um, oh gosh, like uh, Wild Dog's character, forgetting his name. Like, well, I mean, like not just see them as side characters, but them actually forming their own team again, like bringing back the old the the team arrow thing again. I don't know if they're gonna do that again. I don't know where the story's gonna go from there, but. I'm glad that it yeah. leaves certain things open for the possibility of that. But um, yeah. as a final season, like I wouldn't say this was the best one. I mean, I, gosh, like I don't even know if it have a, actually like a like a best season basically. Like I, I always felt like the earlier stuff was pretty cool, but like the more they start to get deeper into the the Arrowverse itself, where they incorporate more characters, the more the story just kind of you know kind of loses focus. Though. Um, I like in this case here, this kind of brought it back to okay, it had to be about um, Oliver. We had to end this off on a high note. I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, the actor himself, Stephen um, Amell, didn't like the way how they kill him off. And I, I totally yeah. agree though, because I don't know, like, I know he was trying to go for the whole epic Matrix Revolutions end and all that, but 
dog, use a green arrow, dread, like use some arrows or something. That's some magic powers or whatever, cosmic powers or whatever crap it is. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're trying to go for. But yeah, I, look, as I say, I don't, I don't really fight down. I, I already gave my opinion about um, the end of um, the crisis. Of, of crisis yeah. Know, yeah, nobody had to do it the way they did because there's a simple reason. Um, they had no money, right? It's just budget. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. So I didn't really fight that on and, and, and hold on to this big fight. I don't think about that. So it's like they, they do what they had to do. It's a shame that the movie people couldn't be fucking doing this, whatever. And uh, my attitude is that, you know, they, they, they're building for it's to build going forward and really give it the resources and energy. And look, my attitude, I, as I keep saying, they should just give Balanti the, 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 the um, universe now at this point. He should be yeah. the five year DC. They 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 you know? know the crossover the crossover as a flash to me that is it now every live action stuff should be under his belt in my opinion from a vision standpoint um and they should like make that work and and anytime you want to do a big crossover he should be doing it you know drop drop all yeah. the other business bullshit you have time to move forward um you know it has been seven years since Man of Steel came out enough that is longer than the time between freaking um Dark Knight and thing so come on. Enough. Yeah. Move on. Time yeah. It's the same time between Batman Begins, I think. Around the same time between Batman Begins and Man of Steel. So come on, enough. Move yeah. on. Your thing. Start building from scratch and, and make it work now. And, and start a build a universe. You don't have to do it serious business that that day is done, but we can see what going forward. And yeah, right. that is it. I just want to see what the new DC material is. And if they could really like put DC under one banner, these only live action people. Make that work now. Um, yeah, like you know, oh gosh, we we the twenty twenties, right? Like like do it, yeah. do it, do it. Yeah, keep people, yeah. Try to keep people interested in the material, and we go see Tyler Hector. Right. Uh, I excited for him. Um, I really want to see what they're gonna do with his material. And you know, as I said, Diggle is a big going forward, and then we'll see with Flash and him going forward, as I say. Right. Um, and speaking of Flash, too, well, you know, this this that could be the the next you know flagship show that we will see. You know what I mean? Uh, how how that season is, is is gonna end? I don't think it's gonna go for full ten seasons, right? Like say a Smallville. So yeah, yeah. that that show could be on the verge of well, I don't want to say dying out, but coming to end, you know, very soon. So I'm really curious to see what they do there. But uh, for what we got here for season eight, like uh, I don't know, like I kind of want to rate it, but I kind of don't want to at the same time. But it's funny because I will be rating the the next show that we'll talk about the next season of this show. But um, I mean, if I had to give it something uh, strong chill I have to like format I mean right. at least they, 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 they kind of stayed focused on what they were saying the callbacks were great even though it was a little too much like you had to be like a real diehard fan to know okay this was season this episode that because you know the show they're going to hold your hand and tell you what's going on there um, and imagine for people who just never cared about the show at all they just probably checked it out because of crisis they would have a clue what's going on but I mean even still you know the impact of his of you know Oliver Queen and his character in the Arrowverse, and I felt that they did his character you know justice though, you know, for the most part. Still, still on the still non plus sorry on how they kill them off. I mean, it's the like yeah, I don't know. Like like I still wish they they, they did it better, but still do um, the way how they honored his character now. Well, where his character is right now, you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was like a really, really sweet way to, to end things off, though. A really fitted way to end things off, though. So, I, I, I can't complain. So, you know, what I mean? let me see where the other shows go. If we get more Arrowverse shows out of it, it will be like the Green Arrow or the Canary stuff or whatever. 
yeah, we'll see. Right. Right. So stick with TV for a bit. Let me talk about Mr. Horseman. Mr. Horseman, sorry. Uh, himself. Bojack Horseman. Yeah. So, uh, well, I want you to do the just a run through of what the second half is about, right? And maybe like a recap of what happened in the first half, right? But yeah, with this one here, you know, we this was a full sixteen episodes that we got for the the season six as a whole, right? But we got the first eight last, I believe, is um the I believe is um before Halloween, October the twenty fifth. Actually, we got that, and then we got the final eight episodes, January the thirty first of this year here. So uh, yeah, just run through what um what the second half of season six was about. Right. So basically. Everything kind of fallen, fallen, fallen apart for Bojack with respect to uh, the references of uh, his career, and some two journalists was picking up um, on that, and all the bullshit that digging up on Bojack coming back on him, mm. and basically it's the whole thing is set up to focus on well, Bojack being cancelled effectively, which I knew we knew was coming, um, yes. but they are just. They addressed this and, and run through the scenario quite well, I thought, um, of, you know, the end point of Bojack and his career, um, him being bought out, what's going to happen there, um, you know, and then everybody else kind of moving on beyond him. And, and his, him as an actor and what his career is going to be, what doing well, how to, how to re- re- revitalize himself. And, well, the potential end or not, or maybe not, uh, of Bojack Horseman and what they're doing with it. And, yeah, I thought it was, this was great, great fitting ending to the series. Um, to- totally agree. Totally, yeah. totally agree. So I was, I was always on this show, right? Um, from from day one, right? I know the, the first season, many people argue had this kind of rocky start. You know what I mean? It was because yeah. it was just this unique world. We never saw these characters before. You know, the whole human and anthropomorphic animal stuff. It was kind of hard to take in at first. It's kind of weird, yeah. kind of bizarre. But we got into it once we got the vibe of it and the jokes. And then, well, yeah. when the drama really kicks in, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is what they're going for. Yeah, yeah, that first half of the first season it got kind of, kind of got a made the show get a bad rap initially, because I remember right. when the show came out, it had a pretty relatively low score, um, and I remember it's like, oh, oh, the critics only watch the first half of it. So when I watch the first half of it, I was like, yeah, it deserved this low score. And then the second half hit, and I was like, wow, this actually don't deserve this low score. Score, low yes. score at all. It deserves a much higher score. So like, all right, what going on now? And yeah, it it just kind of sleep. Everybody kind of sleep on the show now. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That, um, but yeah, I yeah, go ahead now. Yeah, so so for me, and and I mean, the show's hitting my heart with each and every season, right? You got the laughs, but you also got the really hard hitting drama, right? But for me, the moment where I was like, okay, this show is not like it's not just it's not just a comedy drama on Netflix, right? This is much more than that. This is like talking about like if you want to argue, was the greatest TV shows of all time, right? This show should be like in 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 uh, should come up in your in your in your argument, right? Was yeah. when I saw the poster for season three, Dread. and it's just a simple picture of Bojack himself looking at the screen, look at the camera. There's a light shining from behind him, and you see the word Soprano, Draper, Underwood, Horseman. So they rank in <laughs> the show amongst the Sopranos, Mad Men, which I still have yet to watch. I I know, I know, I know people. Praise that show to high, high heaven. I just never got around to watch it. And well, of course, you know, the, 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 the show that got me too, um, House of Cards, right? Why? Right. It's what he was saying in terms of 
his character himself now being this damaged, tortured, you know, protagonist. But and there's still there are these things about it that you genuinely hate her. But at the same time, you just can't help but watch this man, or even though he's kind of falling apart right in front of your eyes, but and it's like you just want to see what happens next. You want to see how far he goes down that rabbit hole now. But then with the deck with the with see season four actually. Well, sorry, from season four up, you actually saw him try to climb out of that that um that rabbit hole. You know, he really tried to better himself. We really try to fix the relationships that he had, some of which he failed with, like with his mom, for example, but he just kept trying, right? And I felt with this season here, you really see him try so, so hard, right? And it's really admirable when you think about it to her. It's, it's, it's one of those shows though, where, yes, you just have such a memorable protagonist, right? And um, you kind of, like, in my, with the, the difference now with those three shows that I mentioned and this one here is that you can kind of see yourself in that person now. Not seeing that you have that you know, mean everybody do some some dumb shit back in the days, and you know, I mean, damage relationships and all that kind of stuff, and all that kind of thing. But really, is what the show is about at its corner, which is about just the human experience. You know, what I mean, and it's through the eyes of well, a horseman, right? And that that to me just like I was reminded about that when I saw that series finale, Dread. And I'll just flat out say it before we talk about the season itself. Um, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life, Dread. Like yeah, hands yeah. out, this this I would rank Jenna as amongst one of the best shows I've ever seen, like ever. Like I would have that up there with the Breaking Bad's, with the well, I haven't seen Bad Brothers yet, with the Wire, with the Sopranos. Dread, it's up there. This is one of the best shows ever made, in my opinion. Dread, and this season here just kind of cement that. Like this was where it's like, if it, well, in case y'all didn't really get to Dread, I know this is the final season of all that. Dread, let me just come really hard with this Dread. We really hit you with all with with, with everything that we have we are so yeah. just just for you to understand. In case you get by the five seasons in, in case you get yeah, this is what we are about it. I loved the season, Jen. Like just watching well, I actually rewatching full episodes and how it led into this one here. I loved it. Um the humor, the bizarre humor still works. You know what I mean? The yeah. satirical look at Hollywood still works. The mere fact that they have the, the two news reporters being um so I'm not sure of the characters' names though, but like I know that they're going for that sort of 1940s screwball company. You know? Like if you right, yeah, like Catherine Hepburn, the Carrie Grant, um Yeah, yeah. I know them speaking in Transatlantic. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And they had a great, great joke with <laughs> Yeah, when, when, when she was getting ready for the wedding, and like she's sister watching, she like, why does you talk like this for? Yeah, we from Fresno, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But is how determined she was to just bring down this character, though. Like when I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, yeah, this kind of mirror, like, well, you know, to these celebrities that well, male celebrities, especially when they get caught with something, it's like somebody right. will take something else from their past, and it's like, okay, we just keep digging and digging and digging. I'm just gonna just throw all of this in front of you that to more or less make you more of a villain than you actually are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I saw that with that second half where well they had the this news reporter. Well, not the pig now, but um, this mouse reporter who was there before. I think it was in season five. She comes back yeah. and she interviewed him, but she just grilling him with all these questions now. And it's like the man just don't have anything to say now, but. 
Well, so um, also, yes, the you know the weird stuff with Todd, you know, I mean it still works. Todd is still one of my favorite characters in the show. They have a great scene with him in the end with him and Bojack talking. And I swear, like the mouse is dropping like one jewel after the next. So, like he's talking about, well, you know, like this stuff about life there. But you know him being this slacker, you, you, you think he, you think he just kind of talking shipping us like he, you know, what you talking about them. It's like, well, no, the man kind of have a sense of what going on. Like, okay, this this working though. Um, what I really felt it do with the season was with uh, with Diane, right? Um, as in character and what she was going yeah. through, you know, yeah. I mean, her moving from LA. Who um to Chicago sat this new relationship with this guy named Guy yeah. who was this um <laughs> voice from um voice from my boy um Lakeith Stanfield he was cool right is Lakeith Stanfield or is it, um it's Lakeith Stanfield it's his voice he's Guy okay it's Brian Terry okay I thought it was Brian Terry Henry okay okay oh you would think because of the the characters Bill you know what I mean but no it's yeah. it's actually Lakeith it's actually Lakeith yeah right um and what I love, what I loved about that too is well. You know, she's moving away because, you know, she, well, basically she wants to move as fast as she can from, you know, Mr. Peter Butter because, you know, they field marriage, right? But she now wants to write this book, but because she have all these insecurities bottling, it it keep kind of spilling into this book now and she wanted to be this memoir. And it's only when, um, oh gosh, Princess Carolyn comes in and say, well, no, we want you to write this fun book now. It's where she kind of yeah. move away from that. No, 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 no. Like, oh. I, no, I like, I like what they did that uh, with that because she was like, oh, she had to be all serious and, and write her own memoir and yes, that bullshit. Yes, and, yes. Just do it. and then she does the, 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 the funny, fun detective book that is a kind of Nancy Drew kind of something. Um, yeah, kind of a Nancy I, Drew and a Dora. Right. Well, not so much Dora, but more because the the characters are Vietnamese as well now. So yeah, you have that right. minority main character in the book now. Right, right, right. But she, um, yeah, yeah, she she was like just wanted to write this more fun book, and I ended up working out better than you know this nonsense. Although you know, but the fuck that up in the end, which was hilarious. But um. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah. and really, truly, I mean, I could go on and on about what the what went on here, but really, this this show kind of kind of solidify what I love about the series as a whole and like these characters and this how they're dealing with their their own situations and I mean like especially with the past like how like holding on to it how to move on from it how to deal with situations how to move on from said situations those kind of things that I mean so essentially it's just the human experience and that's that's really what I love about the show here um I like there were moments where I legit was worried for Bojack, like just warning if right. this mouse gonna make it or not, and we're not gonna you see know, what happens. The, as I said, they, they they nail, but they nail Diane and her not being able to write. Um, yes. you know, wasting whole days, not being creative, and then you just get stuck on something. Hey, you want to write this thing because you think it's more important than this other thing. Um, but they get into that. I thought I was good. I could have personal experience with that. But then yeah, they yeah. get into the well, as usual. Uh, Bojack always is second to last episode. Yes, 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 yes. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the second, the last a bit, right? Right. But right. yeah, boy. Um, as you talk about Diane and her writer's block thing, so another, yeah. another, the, another point as give well this season and the show as a whole though is how they use animation, like how they use yeah. it to symbolize stuff. So I love how they show um Diane's writer's block, like how she was dealing with it, all the voices in her head here and her. You know, yeah. the, the girl who bullied her back in high school here and she dad, all that kind of stuff. But like we're just going to the to the second or last episode. Yeah boy. 
that like that one really 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 hit me but like i think uh we we talked about like last season how it didn't hit as hard as we expected um as we expected that but this one here way yeah and not to spoil anything though but what i love about this episode here is how they touch on death itself um and how they visualize it as well too it, it's a simple animation but how is how it's portrayed basically it's it's how to see it's frightening yes but at the same time kind of surreal at the same time and it fits with the overall tone of the show yeah. itself but i yeah. thought that was like a perfect metaphor for what he was going through as well um and like i say it just had me kind of worried as to what was going to happen next like legit yeah. i was just like emotional by that though so they nailed that that, that second last episode but to me really where they shine there was the final one and i love where it was just basically like a life goes on kind of thing like you know characters kind of move yeah. on they do yeah, things i, I uh yeah because i i really thought the show would have you see what i got to show it it they always the writers of the show always seem to be quite a step ahead of you um in many ways yes. like i yeah. always you're, you're, you think it's going to be this thing oh they're going to end with bojack's death or you're going to end with this they're going to end with that and no they, they they actually go with the ending that is actually in many ways the most subversive and she she made it they made a great point as they life's a bitch and then you die but for some of us life's a bitch and then you well continue living yes. and, that, that's, that's a, a great, great, great line i that's love that yeah. um and you know they they, they they touch up on the endings quite good you know it's, it's between the final scenes with tim and todd on the beach that was great that was great. Um, um, Carolyn's. I love how Carolyn's. Carolyn's. Yeah. Last thing you know, Tim and Carolyn. Last thing you know, Tim and Carolyn, and they're talking about him saving the day. Again, it, it's very meta. It does that quite well. And then the last reveal with, with, with Diane, and, and well, fine, you know, well, she got married, and I thought that was great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. Though. I love that. Yeah. The fact that Bojack now, Bojack's life, he had to move on with his life without him. She feeling very angry about the call. Because he made the call to he had to remember because he thought he didn't make the call, eh? And he went right. back in the pool and everything about that. Right. And all, all, this, all this has to do with the, the previous episode where we assumed right. well sorry, we had to say, but yeah, we assumed that he was dead now, you know, what I mean they, that he right, right. committed exactly. suicide. Right. Right, you're right, exactly. And how they, how they did that now. And that that I mean that that's like another episode is so super dark of how they what? did it. Yeah. Especially, especially with um this character boy, oh gosh. With Secretariat. Holy shit. I was like, wait. Yeah, boy. And, <laughs> and I like how the show stops to say that, you know, um, it's both Secretariat and his dad. And his dad, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. one character, though, because of what yeah, exactly. boy, the boy. But he moving like... It makes sense because of his history with, with both characters, though. Yes. And what they did, uh, what they did, I thought was kind of, frankly, brilliant, is that they did the full, the person who's the most cynical, um... You know, is the one who's the most afraid now. I like that. Yes, I really, yes. really like that. They, they did that aspect of that's a big part of human personality. You know, a bunch of people out here who, you know, they acting, they like to act tough now and, and try to say, oh, well, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid of that. Or I don't give a shit about this. And it's like, no, them, them is the motherfuckers. You had to watch when push comes to shove. Them is the one who go and go and shit their pants first now. And yeah, yeah. that's clearly what happened with this. It's like that fast, that last piece with him, he beat all cynical and Bojack. And went time for he to have a play to go to the abyss effectively. Uh, he's the one who melted down now. He's in Bojack's mind. Yes. And I really, really like. And that poem he did is really good too because we're referencing what happened in season one. Now. Um, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Because his character committed suicide and Bojack. Bojack had to watch on the news now. And yeah, yeah and I, I really, really thought that they did that whole sequence great with Herb 
and you know the um what she, she named the mother the um oh, oh gosh the the the, the, the girl, yes um oh gosh what uh, sarah lynn right, who, who died you're right yeah sarah lynn. and yeah yeah they, i thought they nailed that sequence perfectly i mean that shit had the actually anxious dread because yeah, it's like you yeah. know he's in it but they, they really get the sense of metaphor with it perfectly and then right. it, it and, leads and then, like, into I the, how, like, how they how they visualize that like how how it's shown to yeah. i was like yeah i i love this yeah. i love this yeah 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 um, it's probably the darkest episode of the series entirely. Um, I would probably say say that. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say I'll probably say maybe this the, the the episode with the mother in season four was up there with that. Um, maybe, but I'll right. say uh, not, this not, one not the funeral scene, but the one where he dropped her off at the retirement home and just right. went to her, right? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, having all the backstory of her her history now. Right. I thought that, that was, that was dark. season four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, season four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it it's it up there. So I was like, um, they but this this was still up there with, with our level of darkness, and they make it work. But then again, life's a bitch, and then you die. But then for both of us, life's a bitch, and then you continue living, and yeah. you had to handle the bullshit. And I, I really like what it did. Yeah, like I like how they they had well, both. <laughs> you have to go to prison because like, he's not supposed to be the house, it's not his house anymore. Um, and he went to prison, and you understand why. Then he went to the funeral, and then they you, you know they leave it open, and I really like that they left it open. I like that, and they, they yeah, kept too, it that day. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody else move on with their life. Everybody else had a happy ending in a sense. Um, he had his ending, not necessarily a happy ending, but he had an ending. You know, yeah, like exactly. And, and exactly, he, not, and... completely, you know, completely ruined. It's not to say that Princess Carolyn not going to um, you know, out of life or anything like that. But right. he's, a, he's a different person because it's his final project that he did end up doing well. Um. You know, even it's a scumbag project, yeah, but it's the horny unicorn uh, or whatever. Yeah, the, the horny unicorn, this guy, um, right. Van Swagger. <laughs> what did they expect right. to, to, to see in this one? But yeah, he come back. Right. And yeah, yeah, I, I thought I thought this, for the, for the nature of the show, it was perfect. I, I thought I couldn't be more happy with the ending as it is. I am very happy with this ending as it is. It was unexpected in its own way. It made it work. And yeah. you know, I, I put this up there with, with like, um, some of the best endings with Six Feet Under... Yes. Or even um even uh, Who, Sopranos, uh, Like people, I know the people Sopranos hate the end of Sopranos, but I love the end of that. Yeah, um, the the, the leftovers. Uh, I, you yes. know, I put it up with those those um those endings. It's a very yeah. very good series. They, they nailed and, it, and yeah, and, and points one, for like I don't know the song that they use for it, boy, but when I hear it, I was like, yeah, this is the perfect song. This is the perfect scene. This is the perfect shot. You know, we yeah. we how they frame it is like. Yeah, this is this is this is gorgeous. Right? Like I, I was watching this. I was just waiting, waiting for you know the screen to go to cut the black you know, before you see the credits. I was like, yeah, it's one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Right? Like this is one of the perfect endings you know, to a show I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Um, but if I just have well, okay, so minor minor gripes, right? Minor gripes because I'm a person who likes closure in stories, right? And I would like to see what happened to you know characters that. Do show up, like say Hollyhock, for example. And right. I don't understand to the show's credit, we do have to stop and be like, okay, well, this is what Hollyhock is doing, and this is what um, right. this character is doing. Um, but yeah, they do show up, and I wish that we saw what happened to them. Um, another character who shows up actually, but this is the first half, was uh, Gina. Um, this would be right. oh God, Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the character that she voiced, right? Remember, she was the one who worked with um, Bojack on um, that. Dexter ripoff show Philbert, right? And remember right. what happened then, right? In the last season. 
And then, well, what happens is that she was working on her next show and then with this black guy and then she just got a memory of that same event now where she almost got choked to death now. And I thought right, they, right. they continue that, but they kind of stop it before they cut the holiday. Well, went to the yeah, party I, 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 and fell a tell she about the thing now. So I thought that they would follow up on that. And also, too, with the, the woman who was directing the film and she was having she won the season and she ended up like uh, working on, well, deciding to work on some feminist kind of superhero film or something like that. Like, I thought they would have well, no, the story there, but they just kind of stop at that point now. Yeah, no, they they just um re- leave it as it is because we kind of get a sense of it because we we Hollyhock kind of kind of lose faith lose favor for him because of all of the stuff that came out and what she found out about him now. Um, that was at the end of season in season well last season now five I think, right. and so I understand why Hollyhock kind of come out of his life, and then well his life kind of melt down because you know you know all the bullshit come out and wherever it is, and right. um, and then also to just just last gripe right, <clears throat> sorry. He also introduced his character, um, well, Angela Diaz, right? Who was like a former manager, I guess she was, for, for Bojack. And she was trying to blackmail him. Well, that was like in the second half now. Um, and yes, while it did lead to him basically self-destructing, I thought they would uh, kind of follow up on she too and like what she was up to now because she kind of was going to do something with um, with the show horse around now. We're not going to see what it was. Right. But it was enough though for you to be like, okay, this is kind of like this is like the low point. This is like the, the lowest right. low blow that she she give Bojack, and now this is why he did what he did, right? Right. No, yeah, I, I love what they did with that um that ending because like okay, they, they kind of do the Cosby thing, but they kind of carry a, a weird a weird um space with it. Uh, yeah, oh, and, and the joke that they make with the Cosby show is funny though. It's right, exactly. take out Cosby, so is the show. I love that. Right, yeah, exactly. But they kind of, but they kind of do the whole, you know. They, I don't know without without blatantly being critical of it. They kind of made kind of fun of the whole cancel culture thing because it's like, yeah, it's it's at the end of the day, all, all how bad ever Cosby is, he's still a big part of uh, television and, and entertainment history. You can't take that away. Of course. So, so yeah. I like how they did that. They made fun of that in a sense, and they did the same thing with with, with Horse around her. And she does this, do this weird postmodern interpretation of around that our three children. You know, learning. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be funny in its own right because it's like, yeah, a whole generation of people probably won't see it for what it is there. Um, right. And now that that really interesting on its own right there. Um, and then they, yeah, she just buy him out. It's like, wow, that was, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was brutal though. I won't lie. Yeah. But um, do, those are my, my minor gripes. But I do. I love the season. I love the way. I love where the arcs ended, especially Bojacks. I can live with this. Yeah. Um, I love how they leave it all open ended. So you know, well, I don't think he's gonna mess up anybody's lives going forward. But I mean, I don't think that's the point of the show, basically. Yeah, exactly. um, but right. like, when you're really digging deep, is just the idea of like, are, are we all redeemable? Now? You know what I mean, even if we do something very bad, like incredibly bad. Now? Um, I mean, yes, he got his just due and all that. But after the just deals and all that kind of stuff, what else is there? Is he gonna be like right. put put skits for the rest of your life, or is he just gonna? Right. Keep living, you know what I mean? So, right, exactly. That, that really, really they, 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 with that, yeah, they did it because they, they, the whole his punishment is really not the punishment for what he, he, he thing, right? Because you know you don't go to jail for that. You went to jail for another thing, but yeah. you know they they ask upon him there. You know you, you you go to jail for the thing that not you're not known for, as they say. And uh, same thing with Cosby. Cosby Cosby went down for for the sexual assault, but it's not his most of the hate is not because of the sexual assault. Like not the reason why you know he had so many people turn on him. There. Right. Um, because well, we know if it, 
behind the scenes because we use a, 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 have a term for it called ladder pullet. You saw undermine a lot of people and a lot of old If you look up Eddie Murphy, you know, you know what's going on there, right? Uh, yeah. Is that. There's a lot of that. So is is Bojack really when he went to prison for was ready, the whole shit, all the bullshit was telling. And yeah. like, wow, you wait 17 minutes. It's a real dumb selfish reason why you do it. You know, all this, this nonsense. And she, she, she cannot live with her. Um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So it's all of that. So you see. Yeah. yeah, as I say, I could talk more about this. What I'm doing, um, yeah, I give Bojack Horseman this final season and as a series. As a series, whole series, I'll give it like a 9.5 out of 10. Um, nice, as this finale, nice. this finale or this show, as I say, this finale, yeah, about a, I give it a 9 out of 10. Pretty good. Right. It what it is. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's a really a one. It's, it's a great series that I'd imagine, I will admit, I will take it it's a, as a series that may not um, live, like, have a good shelf life. Simply because it, it does get into the moment of about our current zeitgeist of emotions. So I'm not sure if future generations could appreciate it necessarily. But for our generation, it was perfect of what the 2010s resembled, what the 2010s um, represented. And in terms of like just how we think about the world and the, the, the you could say our generation is the generation to first really try to come, come to terms with a lot of stuff emotionally. Um, right. I, I just never really did that on this level. Um, but yeah. I uh, think it's it's a great series. I'm not sure if it, I really don't know if it'll live on. Like, if 10 years from now, people don't appreciate the show in the same way. I have no idea. Um, but uh, as it is, yeah, great. Right. Well, I, I agree with you totally, right? Uh, before I go to its longevity, because I do want it to 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 last, right? To, for people to remember it and keep seeking it out and, you know, do tick pieces about it and all that. But um I do agree with you, I think, because it goes so deep into, into you know what I mean, just into the psyche of just the human behavior, uh, just yeah, being yeah. human. Uh, you know what I mean? It will kind of rub people off the wrong way, which I, I do praise the show for, for being ballsy enough to do, Trent. But yeah, I write up there with you. Um, this season was great. This show as a whole, I love this. The show as a whole, I give this a five out of five. Watch the show before you die. This is one of the best shows I've ever seen, in my opinion. Um, I can't wait for this to come out on, well, completely on Blu-ray. Why well, I say that? Because I think only the first two seasons available now on Blu-ray. Um, right. <clears throat> I don't know how Netflix does um, do their distribution stuff. I'm not right. too sure. But, yeah, they really do need to put this thing, like the full season, um, series, on a box set. And, yes, I will buy that as soon as possible. Um, you see, this season here, this final season, um, I'll give a light four and a half out of five, man. Um, there are a couple of little gripey stuff, as I mentioned before. Uh, just ho- wish that we uh, we saw more characters get more closure, or at least see them near the end. But the, everybody kind of served the purpose. You got your humor, and because you know we we talking about all the dark stuff. But yeah, it is generally funny, true and true, though. Even in the darker episodes and whatnot. But the way how they ended though, like that final scene, like I say, will live on, in my opinion, is one of the, the best endings ever, probably most perfect endings ever. But yeah, yeah. Um, I can't praise the show much more and I can't recommend this enough. So yeah, if you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen any episode of this, yeah, please jump into this. But just just be warned that this is not going to be an easy pill to swallow, you know what I mean? Even with its surrealist human, even though it's an animated you know, show, but it goes deep, it goes dark, but trust me, it's it's a journey. It's not a it's not an easy one. It's not a I would say a happy one. But you'll come out of it kind of learning about yourself and just about 
your place in the world. And that, that's how it affect me. You know? Like I came out of it really there kind of understanding my place and what where I where I exist basically. So yeah, thanks to Bojack for that, man. So yeah, um to the to the creators of the show, to the writers, to oh gosh, to Will Annett, the, the talented voice cast, Crossy Boy man, yeah, you you killed it with this one. So yeah, Netflix on a roll. Please put this out on our on a box set. I need to get this. So next show we're going to talk about is Color Out of Space. And like I said right. at the very beginning, this was one that was showing up a lot on my YouTube feed. A lot of people talking about the show, kind of saying it's one of the weirdest things you've ever seen in your life. I'll talk about the weird stuff in a bit, right? But, you know, of course, the big sell is H.P. Lovecraft and Nicolas Cage, right? That was the sell. Like, Nicolas Cage in an H.P. Lovecraft movie is going to be insane, it's going to be crazy. In my head, I was telling myself, okay, is this going to be as good as Mandy? which I was kind of on the fence of the first time I saw it, but when I watched it again, it kind of made it to my, one of my favorite films of 2018, right? But yeah, yeah. Um, is this on the verge of becoming a cult classic or is just, you know, a weird show that kind of try to be weird and, you know, kind of miss the mark, you know? But yeah, uh, Ricardo, what is Color Out of Space about? All right, so Color Out of Space is this is isolated family. Uh, living out of town, uh, forget where they live in exactly. Um, yeah, it's somewhere in, in this forest, but they never really see, yeah, they do, but yeah, the next town, forget anybody's town, it's some, some town, uh, oh, um, okay, well, they keep mentioning Arkham, that's the town that they oh, yeah, away Arkham, from, yeah, they keep mentioning that? Arkham a lot, right? Yeah, well, I don't know where that is exactly, yeah, but living out, oh, well, Arkham, I assume it's a fictional place, right? I was okay, no. Because you know, they mentioned when they mentioned they mentioned Boston, but uh, that's when oh, right, came right, from. Um, yeah, where where yeah. Um, Nicholas Cage's just character came from. No, well, yeah, but, but um, the other guy also I think was from Boston. Oh, so okay, 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 right, right. This would be the why right, the, the the character who kind of kicks off the show, kind of right. I understand. Right, yeah. Um, he's so, yeah, he was he was a botanist, right? Yes. Right. Sorry. No. Um. Was he was he a botanist? No, no, no. He's a, he's a, he's a, gosh. He, he basically is check water. He's a check water table and how to check uh, oh, if right. water contaminated and that kind of stuff. No. Right, right. So, right. Okay. basically, right. So, anyway, this family live in thing. They take care of, al- they take care of alpacas. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they have little fans. I think the mother, I'm not sure what the mother does exactly, but she's like, she needs the internet for clientele um, over Skype. Mm-hmm. Um, she have like I, I think she's like a consultant, and the the daughter is like a kind of practicing witch, but she's like going through a phase kind of vibe. Yeah. And that son is just like a kind of loser who just smoking weed and 
um, playing game. And <laughs> that's, that's, that's really that. It, it has lived on the, this, this little farmy ranch place. And then, well, a meteor strikes. Like smaller yep. meteor, but is this weird meteor that's purple or pinkish in its color? I like how they use that color for color out of space because it's the most alien color you could pick. But yes. technically, it's not a color. So, yeah. you know, it's from Earth. I get it. Anyway, yeah, the, and, uh, and it just stands uh, out so much visually, though, like that color. It does. Yeah. So, slowly but surely, you realize that this, um, this thing started affecting all of the biology and it affected the water as well. Because the rain started to fall, so that spread this thing all over the place. And basically, it's just this kind of alien consciousness. Not sure what it is, but basically, it's similar to what happened in Annihilation. Yes, this yes, yes totally. Yeah. And it's just like this weird subversion of the environment around it. And right, people get right. affected and they go mad and all kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of undermined biology in all kind of weird ways. So you're not really sure what's going on. And that's basically the entire conceit of the story. Um, that's it. That's nothing yeah. else. It's just... Shit's out to get weird, and of course, Nicolas Cage is kind of perfectly casted for this role. Yes, <laughs> because he spazzes out like about more, more right. at least twice in this movie, though. Yeah, yeah. it's slowly, <laughs> but it's, it's 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 because everybody's going slowly mad, and and it's it's subverted all the biology and everything around the in and around the area, and nobody really checking up on them in any way. And then on top of that, you have Tommy Chung, who already done kind of halfway there, you but know? before the video show up. Um, so he embraced it now. Um, yeah. So nobody really want to solve the problem until it's too late, until you, you find out, oh shit, this, all of this going on now. And that's pretty much it. Um, right. It's just so, so madness building over time. I was, that's a quick, just a review. Uh-huh. I was slightly disappointed in this. A little bit, right? Same Mostly, here too, same here too, but I want to hear your reason why. Right. Why? Because Annihilation exists. <laughs> Sorry. Like, if Annihilation didn't exist, I would love this a lot more. Um, but Annihilation, to me, took those ideas and did, did it much more intelligently, carried in more interesting places. This was just a Lovecraft story. It just feel like a straightforward, okay, you read, you read, if you read one Lovecraft story, you read a bunch of others. Um, oh, it's like that. Okay. Okay. Wow. It's like that. It, it didn't really do anything with it. You know what I kind of like? I'll put it like this. This is Lovecraft's bright boom. What bright burn is uh-huh. Right, 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 right. Great concept, it, it, but they didn't really do anything with it. Yeah. They didn't do anything with it, right. It just tell a story, tell the story, it's like, oh, things get weird, and it's because of this one thing, and it, it connected to something deeper. But I said, like, if you, again, if you read one, you read all. I, I don't want to be condescending and say it's Baby's first Lovecraftian story or anything like that, but it, 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 if you're not familiar with Lovecraft and those ideas, then this might work for you. But for me, who kind of already are um, familiar with most of the material, or at least the style of storytelling and what it's trying to tell in terms of subtext, um, it's not that interesting. It was okay. Nicholas Cage was funny. It had moments. It had a lot of great visual stuff. Another problem I had with it was it had way too many close-ups. Like, I felt we should have seen more. Right. Um, if you know what I mean. Like, they, they, they do a lot of stuff. It had some cool, interesting moments visually, especially when that the purple, pink goo thing started spreading around and started hitting stuff directly. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say just had a, a little too many plot and do stupidity moments. Like I get characters supposed to be going mad and they don't really have their faculties, but it still let's make some real dumb decisions. Like you would have think so, they would have sit down and like say, okay, let do this, call the police or do this, the other. Yeah, nobody do that. Yeah, and no, I, they, I get, they just figure they would just handle things by themselves, right? Because I, movie, I, right? I get, I get, I get that kind of part it, 
that I start that you know you don't you don't really trust anybody else and it is like the, the first thing this thing is attacked. No? The your your, your faculties your, your better your higher fac uh, your higher cognition faculties. Uh, I felt they could have probably made the effort to have characters question things a little more, try to figure out what's going on, you know. But no, we didn't really have that. We only had one character who was kind of like that, and he was kind of out of the loop for a long part, a long part of the storyline. Exactly, because um, you just really were the center on the family and well, it's about the family and what they're going through. You know what I mean? Yeah, I probably focus more on the family or less on the family, maybe. Um, I'm not I sure. I find it was too much time spent on the family, if, if you ask right. me, but I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Me too. Because I know, because if you're doing this, you either have it where it's entirely a bottle story, so you have no extra tongue or no authorities or no scientists coming to check out what's going on, it's just them. Like, we could have gotten that, right? right? It's just them. Have it to piece together what the hell going on, and they can't piece it together because they just four nobodies, and it, they just go through this horrible scenario. That would work. Or you you tone down the family a little more, and then you 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 kind of explain what's going on, or at least somebody come closest to explain what's going on. But they kind of try to they kind of try to you know they couldn't really pick a lane. Yeah. Um, visually, it's quite good. Uh, I, I like it for what it was. Um, even though I, I thought some of the camera shots. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about visuals. Yeah, some of the choices, some of the choices was halfway, halfway for me. But like when it had some of the big money shots, they they worked. I, I liked them for what it was. Like it had a lot of great shots in, in the, like a, with a tree, and you see the tree looking like like Cthulhu a little bit. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had some little shots, little moments. And then it had the big little gory moments. The gory moments was halfway, halfway for me. Again, I I dug it for it as well, for what it was because it was, it was a pretty cool, a lot of cool creature effects in this. But it was still real goofy at the same time. So it was, but I I I loved it. It was fine. Yeah. Um, I just felt they could have done something with this plot-wise. Like, they could, have, they could have put some extra interesting wrinkles in the storytelling or something like that. They only really had one moment that was kind of interesting, and I kind of saw it coming a mile away. Um, that was the, well, something involving the mother and the son. That is all I'll see. Like I say, it's a, a, a bonding experience, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, very, 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 very Cronenberg. Very Cronenberg, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, bonding, <laughs> a bonding moment with mother and son. That is all you'll see, right? Um, yeah, I can't really say it had anything more going for it other than that. I mean, Nicholas Cage was good. Um, the other cast members was okay, but they weren't special for me. Tommy Chung was interesting. I felt they could have probably done more with him. Um, I, I, I make a joke with, um, Tommy Chung naming the cat G-Spot, but I, I, I make the joke that they should have probably called the cat nigger. Um, if you know that joke, if you get that reference, congrats. You understand your love graph, right? Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um... But that's it. Um, it didn't really have anything else going for it, frankly. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. I had fun with it. Right. It kept well, that, okay, well, that, that, was, that was me too, Dre. Like, I, I like aspects about it. I, I like it for what it is, but I wish I came out of it like, yeah, boy, we really, really dug this show. So you see yeah. how you mentioned Annihilation. Go on, sir. Yeah. No, either that way, or the film could have probably been shorter. Like, if they cut some time and they, they kind of cut the chase faster... And I might have enjoyed it a little more, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, but that... Okay, well, but I, I guess I could start with that. Um, piecing, yes. Piecing is yeah. kind of an issue with this way. Um, because, uh, okay, I understand you want to show the family dynamic and all that kind of stuff, but there's literally... It, like, even the intro itself feels like literally like 10, 15 minutes of just, oh, characters in the bush, <laughs> literally in the forest, just living right. their lives yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then, oh, right, this is what the story is about. When you see the meteor now come down there, and then even that takes a, takes a while to pick up. So, okay, maybe they're going for the slow burn, but still peace and wise, though. 
um, it did feel a, a tad bit too long. And this is like what, hour and 50 minutes? Because she moved like about yeah. a 10, I don't want to say 50, but like about a 10. But yeah, you see like how you said um, Annihilation, right, was was like your, your reference point. My own actually was was Manido, but not just because okay, of right. Nicolas Cage being it, but because of how people was kind of call this thing, well, you know, uh, cult classical, that kind of stuff, right? So what I would, why, why I defend Mandy, um, why would, why I defend that movie for that is that the director, I forgot the guy's name, right? Um, basically, and it sounded like it was also my head for the longest while that about the idea of making a cult film. Like nobody goes yeah. out of the way to make a cult film. Uh, sorry, make a cult classic. You can make a cult film, you, get, you can't really make a cult classic, right? To me, that's why I felt the director of Mandy did. He made a cult classic. Like, yeah. he studied all the great ones. He made it as weird and atmospheric as possible. Now. So I felt that this is what uh, this guy, the director, Richard Stanley, was trying to do here. But he didn't want right. it to be exactly like Mandy, of course. Well, no, but he wanted to tell his story. He based it off of the book or the short story, blah, blah, blah. But still, I don't know. I just came out of it like, okay, I know he was going for weird. I know he was going for crazy, but... I felt that it wasn't as weird and crazy as it could have yeah. been, given the premise, yeah, exactly. given the lead. Because, yeah, I know, I, know, I, know, yeah I, know, I know we make the joke that, okay, well, what's Nicolas Cage in a movie? You know, this should got to be uh, crazy, right? But even right. still, even though he had a little spasms ever so often, still, it, it, it didn't come out of it like, yeah, boy, this this really, really mess with my brain. Though. I just watch it like, yeah, yeah well... I kind of see this before, even though I'm not familiar with the with the with the story or the author. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like your your your, your B movie kind of stuff there. And yes, right. I know they play off the B movie stuff a lot. You know, mean the weird stuff and it attacking the people in the house. But still, I, I just wish that it went a little bit further with it. Like it didn't go as far as I expected it to be. I wanted it to be like some Godzo insane kind of stuff. And I came out of it like, yeah, it was it was good. Not great, yeah. but it was good. You know what I mean? No, right. <laughs> oh, I felt with that show, man. Uh, but that's not, that's not to say it's not well made or well directed. I, I felt that it was. Um, I thought the acting was great. Uh, well, not seeing Nicholas Key just play a particular type of character. But I thought that the, the guy that he played, you know what I mean, um, was cool. You know what I mean? Um, the side characters, good. I agree with you. They make some dumb decisions here or there, like some really dumb decisions. Um, but you know, once again, because they go in for seriously, it, it, it kind of. It kind of take about it a lot more than like if there was played off the whole B movie stuff like oh don't take this seriously guys we just make it fun then okay we can let these things slide up but yeah they really do do some dumb stuff here or there. Um, right. there there's some weird moments some spooky moments some scary moments but still right. they were weird but I didn't come out of it like wow that really really got under my skin though. like Not I wish yet. that was how I felt though. even like the the bonded stuff that you mentioned like I saw it was like yeah that was yeah. cool but still. I wanted more right. there, you know what I mean? Uh, even right now to the end, though, which which I could accept and I understand, but still, like, yeah, you know what I mean? And I heard, actually, that this was supposed to be, like, the first of a trilogy of Lovecraftian, well, beast films that the guy wanted to do there. So I don't know if the right. story is going to continue with this next one. Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, the Dunwich Horror. I don't know if you're familiar with that book at all. Or what yeah, about? yeah. Yeah, the Dunwich Horror. I'm familiar with it, yeah. All right. Is it connected at all to the color of outer space, or is a whole new story? Now, yeah, it kinda. I, I, I don't know enough about the material. Okay, let's be frank. The only reason that nobody done which I was and I did research for it after is because there's a whole section of Fallout Four that references it. That's the only reason. Oh, I'm okay, good. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
but uh yeah the the the, the Donald Charles is about it's about that kind of not you're not sure going on kind of thing you know aspect but I don't know if it connected directly to this universe it could be some Lovecraft person will tell you yeah it actually is connected to web I don't know right uh what else I thought the music was was really cool really weird and out there um very synth heavy which kind of fits the tone because yeah they're going for that sort of schlocky 80s vibe but they also try to make it kind of contemporary and you know uber serious as well though uh, what else? The visual effects were kind of hit or miss for me. Like I love the use of the you know the kind of pinkish purplish color made for some great moments. But yeah, but sometimes the CG was a little spotty in some scenes. Other ones, other times like really really effective though. Yeah, but uh, I mean I see why people would would call this like immediately call this like a cult film or cult classic. Though. Okay, yeah, I could see people kind of going back to this. You know, we now. I can see people kind of going back to this and, you know, we did, uh, another show I was thinking about also is like Upgrade, for example, which right. we both reviewed and, yeah, we enjoyed it, but we didn't love it as much as all that. But I didn't see that that was a cult classic in the making, like in the next five, ten years, people will be talking about that. And I have a feeling we'll get, we're going to get that with this just because of the, the weird imagery, though. But I just felt like as far as just that that title alone, that this is coming from somebody who loves cult films, eh? I just wish that they just gone a little bit further. Not, not be pretentious with what they were doing, but just really go out there to really like wow or just freak people out there. And this last thing I want to see before I get to read it, a good thing you bring up um, Annihilation, because I felt that was what Annihilation did. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Annihilation really went out there, they really went for the weird, bizarre yeah. stuff. Look at the turn act. That was that's right. the kind of but stuff but Annihilation had a, had a very core theme as well that it explored. Yes, That's yes, why yes, it didn't yes. yeah, really get, do that. Yeah, correct, correct. I was getting to that. Um, yeah, once they touch on, oh, well, it's affecting the environment and thing around it, yeah, they could explore that a lot more. It just came off as just mysterious rock falls and weird things happen and people die and there's no reason that's it, right? But you know, like when you see with Annihilation, there was like a, sort of a reason to things. There was, there was a kind of point yeah. to what was going on, even when things got weird and, well, sort of scary in some points, right? And that's what I felt that they could have done with this one. Like, like just kind of, I don't know, like kind of retool the, 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 the script a little bit, just kind of do a little, like rewrite or something so, and just dig it a little bit deeper to just like, well, this weird thing happened and pe- just because, you know what I mean? But... Overall, though, this was fine for what it was. It didn't completely blow my way as much as I expected to, but it was fine. I mean, if, if you're curious to see it, check it out. If the, if this is not your kind of thing, then skip it. So for me, decent three and a half out of five. But, um, it is worth checking out if you, know, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, give it a look. But I would say keep your expectations low. This is not going to be the the biggest, you know, weirdest horror show or sci-fi show you yeah. ever see in your life. But Last thing I'll say though, I do see this having cult status, but just mainly because of just the weird stuff and well, I guess with the colors and the the marketing and the posters and all that kind of stuff, it'll, it'll have it'll have longevity with it, right? Um, I do see people watching this, you know, for midnight screenings and all that kind of stuff. But for yeah. me, as a as a cult film connoisseur, I just wish that they went a little weirder, a little bit more freaky, a little bit more bizarre. But yeah, it is what it is. Uh, what's your yeah. last thought on it? Yeah, I guess I guess a, a, a just a straight movie tongue for what it is. I I liked it. I'll say low movie tongue. Um, I felt they could have done more with it. Um, but I, I just yeah, again you, you need they need to just punch up the strap a little bit, a little bit, and I would enjoy it more. Um, but that's about it. It just 
felt a little aimless. They could have focused a little more on certain things, or maybe just have a, a, a tighter, um, just maybe pick a lane, as you say. Um, they could have done that, but that's about it. So, yeah, low movie down for me. All right, cool, cool. Okay, our last six last Academy Awards, boy. So, literally, a week from now, we're going to be, um, well, I think it's the 92nd, I think it is, the, the Academy Awards um, ceremony, right? So, in true tradition, though, we just want to just run through all the categories and who we think will win in each category, right? Uh, in my case, I would have at least a runner-up. Well, not, well, not all of them will have a runner-up, right? Uh, but, yeah, we just kind of run through who we think will win, runner-ups, and, you know, who we actually predict might actually win, you know what I mean, the grand scheme of things, you know what I mean, if the politics play out the way they do, you know what I mean, that kind of stuff there. So, right. uh, well, you, you have your, right, so you have your picks ready, or you just have to hear them by name, and then you'll just yeah, I just want to hear them, and then, I, I ain't thinking about these things right now, so, yeah, just tell me now. <laughs> well, that's fine, I mean, I know you have your things to do, but... <laughs> I just, I just kind of didn't think that's a priority, yeah, just, I didn't think about it. Okay, okay, fine. All right, so we'll start off with, uh, well, you know, well, one of the best categories, in my opinion, best visual effects, right? So we have Avengers Endgame, we have The Irishman, we have 1917, we have The Lion King, and we have Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, double So my pick for visual effects is 1917. Right, me too. Yeah, just simply because of how they sold the long take, and I still haven't watched the behind the scenes yet, and the watched but I still, I just free that it will just kind of, it will, like the illusion will just disappear. You know, when I watch it again, you know, I'll be like, okay, I know, I know what, what happened here. I know, I know where they faked that, blah, 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 right? But just how they were able to pull it off, and just knowing that there was some VFX involved in it is still my blue, in my opinion. Uh, as far as runner up goes, my pick is the Irishman, just because of the DH and software that they use on, well, the, right. well, the main characters there. Um, started off a little hit or miss, a little spotty, but eventually, as the story got along, you just got so you see characters. It's almost like you swear they didn't even have that that DH and software applied to their faces, right? But yeah, I thought that they did a great job. Uh, Scorsese actually pulling this off. I, I don't. I think this is like probably the first time he actually used that. There, but being able to use that with these great actors, yeah, that's that's admirable in my opinion. I would pick a game, but that's a little too easy. If it wins, great, I'll be happy. But right. Blood Lion King uh, <laughs> um, and Star Wars. That 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 those two are going to win. If Lion King does win, though, I will I will I will throw myself a little hissy fit. So yeah, yeah, Lion King could win. I ain't chain nowhere, but yeah, I want to win. Yeah. So what about uh, but as as your pick itself, who you think will win? Nine seventeen or what? No, yeah. As I said, I agree with you. Nine seventeen. All right. Cool. Cool. Uh, okay, next off we have costume design. We have the Irishman, we have Jojo Rabbit, well deserved. We have Joker, well deserved. Uh, Little Women, and we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So my pick is Little Women, uh, mainly because it's a period piece and yeah, you have a lot of dresses involved. But I, I did dig the, the costume design. Though. I really, really dug the costume design. Um, and it just worked. I mean, let's see that. I, I, I don't know. It just. The best way to say it is that, yeah, period pieces or films based on a certain time period are almost like shoe wins to win in this category. But uh, as far as runner up goes, I would say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just how they got the late, you know, the 60s clothes down, you know, in 30. I thought they did that very well. 
Uh, what about you? What do you, what do you take with, with custom design? Uh, yeah, roughly the same as well. I, again, nothing to think about that. Yeah, Little Women as well. I can't really see anything uh, beating that. It's like, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, they, once you replicate the time period, you're good. Right. So next off, we have, well, a category I generally don't care about. This is makeup and hair. Uh, we have Bombshell, Joker, Judy, Malficent, Mistress of Evil, and 1917. So my right. pick is Bombshell, right? Mainly because oh. of what they did with, uh, well, McGill, you know, the Charlie Stern, right? Making her look almost, I would say, like, you know, Megan Kelly, right? Who she played in the film. Right. Uh, as a whole, I mean, the show is pretty decent. Um, not the best show I've ever seen but in, in the world, but I mean, the performances uh, were, were solid. I mean, not just from Charlie Stern, but also Margot Robbie, who I'll talk about later, Nicole Kidman, who did get nominated. Um, very feminist, by the way, because, you know, it's all about, you know, you know, very, very me too, though, because all about anti-Roger Alice and if you remember the stuff that he got accused with, you know, with the Fox News, all that stuff, it's it's very the news about that. But still a solid film, though, but just the makeup that he did for, for her herself, making her look like that, uh, look like Megan, actually, actually, I, I was so bad, to be, to be honest. Right. Uh, as far as runner-up, it's kind of obvious, Joker. Okay. Just, yeah, just like what they did to Joaquin Phoenix, his, you know, adding to his physical transformation. I thought that was great. Though. You know, we need the ruffle here, you know, we need the almost kind of haggard piece that he has. Yeah. And then it goes even deeper, even before he even puts on the, the um, you know, the, the face paint and all that kind of stuff. Well, yes, the face paint stuff also works as well. But I, I just look at that the before, really, not so much the after, right? But yeah, that's my runner. Uh, what about you? Yeah, my winner is Joker, and run-up is Maleficent. I saw Maleficent right. too. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, they, they nail a lot of that costume and, and, and makeup and whatever. So, like, cool. All right. It, 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 was that show actually good, though, Maleficent? Kind of, I, I, um, I never saw the first one, so I didn't bother to check this new one out there. No, this one, this one real silly and terrible. But, no, the, um, but he, from a you know, production, that standpoint, is like, yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. Nice. All right. Okay. Uh, best original song, and I'll confess something here. I only listened to four of these songs literally today, the time it's recorded, right? One of which actually familiar with already that's the song from Story Story 4, which Randy Newman right. did, which is I Can't Let I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away, which in retrospect is a decent song, but that's number pick though. But yeah, that's one of the nominees, along with uh, Rocket Man. Well, sorry, the song from Rocket Man performed by Elton John and Taron right. Edgerton. I'm gonna love me again. We have uh, I forgot the, the woman's name for this movie Breakthrough. I'm starting with you. We have a song from Frozen Two, Into the Unknown, and we have a song from Harriet called Stand Up. So my pick is I'm gonna love me again for Rocket Man. That's such yeah, a catchy as hell song. It is so vibrant. It's so lively. It's so it's so happy though. Like you, you listen, it's just such a feel good song though. While every all the other songs were kind of dramatic, basically. But yeah, this one was just so lean back and fun. And my runner-up is Harriet, uh, stand-up. I uh, forgot the, the actress name, Cynthia something. But yeah, her, her rendition of this song, though, is so, so incredibly powerful. And in the music video that they actually have, like, a lyric video and, a, like, the actual video, uh, she, she, she tear up the, the engine. That's to show how, how passionate she was about that song. But yeah, my pick is still Rocket Man. I'm gonna love me again. So, what's your pick for best original song? Uh, yeah, um, Rocket Man number one. 
Um, I think that is about it. I don't think I have anything else on that list. Um, it's kind of bullshit that Taron Edgerton didn't get through, but Rami Malek get through with heating. I was like, come on, man. You know? Actually, like, yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, best original score, we have Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, we have 1917, we have Marriage Story, we have Little Women, right. and we have my pick, Joker. Uh, right. Still can't pronounce that woman's surname, but I love the score for this. I remember listening to this a day after watching the movie. It was as haunting as what I saw what I saw it utilized on, you know, in the film itself. You know what I mean? The, the the strings are just so dark though, and there's the drums and everything like that. It just gets deep into your psyche, you know, and it just kind of freaks you out from within. Um my runner up is my boy Thomas Newman for nineteen seventeen. I thought that the score right. for that was great. It fit that film, you know, near perfectly in my opinion. But yeah, my pick is Joker, but just for how unnerving that 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 score was. So uh, what's your pick? Yeah, Joker as well. And um, was the other one on the list again? Just the uh, 1917, Marriage Story, Little Woman. Marriage Story. And, okay. Oh, yeah. Marriage Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Mar- score for that was great, though. Whimsical, yeah, yeah. but also melancholy. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. All right. So, best production design. Interesting. Uh, we have The Irishman. We have Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So, right. in the... Uh, in my magical dream world where anything is possible, I could see Parasite within this. Because, right. yeah, the interiors of, oh gosh, I forget the house, yeah. probably the house, masterful in my opinion. But if it were up to me, my pick will be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just in okay. terms of just the design of, well, Ellie, I mean, Hollywood in 1969, yeah. I thought was was near perfect, was flawless, I should say, in my opinion. It just literally took you into that year, into that time period. Um, runner up, kind of obvious, uh, the Irish one, because it's also okay. a period piece as well. You know, it just took you back to the 60s, and you know what I mean? But it's just eventually how the years, you know, uh, progress now. Yeah, and you just see how the interiors and exteriors, you know, change and whatnot. But yeah, my pick is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But like I say, my dream will, I would, I would be rooted for Parasite. I'll be happy if Parasite win for that. Uh, can they really put a lot of care and attention into that? I'll give them that. So uh, what's your what's your pick for production design? Yeah, number one, number one, number one, 1917, and number two, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right, nice, nice, nice. Okay, so now for the the controversial sound. <laughs> <laughs> sound mixing um, and sound editing, right? So we started with sound mixing. Uh, we have Ad Astra, we had Ford v Ferrari, Joker 1917, What Upon a Time in Hollywood. My pick is 1917, my runner up is the Ford v Ferrari, right? For obvious reasons. Uh, for sound editing, we have Ford v Ferrari, Joker 1917, What Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. My pick is once again 1917. But as far as sound editing goes, I'll give it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, and when we say okay. sound editing, we mean it in terms of just the 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 various sounds that you hear in the show, right? Um, mixing, of course, is just putting them together and where they come in and where they, you know, where they come in into the story, into the film. But yeah, I, I thought in terms of like the period piece uh, aspect of it, um, you know, what I mean in terms of like the 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 songs that you hear in the in the, uh, in the movie. Uh, you know, the radio static, you know, we just put it in the car, you know, we those scenes with Brad Pitt and just sonically, you know, just taking it into that time period, you know what I mean? So right. that's why, you know, well, that, that's more run up, but still, 
I mean, the A70 is a war film, Jen, so so come on. I mean, it's war, right? So, yeah, as far yeah. as sound editing and mixing goes, the A70 is my pick. Uh, what about you? What's your pick for yeah, editing and mixing? All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, film edited. Ah, wait, this is a tricky one. We have Ford v Ferrari. We have the yeah. Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. Mm. So my right. pick, I'll go with Thelma Shoemaker, Irishman. Boy. She okay. is a veteran in this thing. Uh, she she came through, killed it. The transition from scene to scene, from scene to scene, sorry, how effortless it felt, you know what I mean? And it just kept here engaged through the three and a half run to hour run time of this movie. Yeah? And that's another thing to take into consideration, how long the film was and how it just still kept engaged. Runner up, ironic, <laughs> weirdly enough, I would say Parasite. Because, um, okay. yeah, I, I do love like that montage scene, for example, where they were trying to get the, the maid out and they were trying to, you know, try to, um, what it was it? It was peaches that she was allergic to. And just how they edit that there so tightly and the music that they used there, I thought it was, was perfect in my opinion, just in terms of just building that that great scheme there. I have some other great, you know, editing. You know, this trolley film there, there's a lot of great editing uh, in that film. But yeah, uh, for me, my pick is the Irishman. Runner up is Parasite. Uh, what about yeah. you? What's your what's your? Uh, oh, you can also uh, have runner up too. Well, yeah, number one. I, two, so. you know, I just kind of mad. I just kind of mad at Uncut Gems and get nominated for this. However, um, I'll say mm, Parasite number one. Then then um, Ford v Ferrari. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ford v Ferrari had some some excellent editors as well, right? Especially with those, uh, especially with the recent scenes, right? Uh, okay, now we have Best International Film Feature. Sorry, Best International Feature Film. We have Corpus Christi. We have Honeyland. We have Les Miserables. We have Pete and Glory. And we have my pick, Parasite. Of course, it's going to win. No question. It is going to win. Best International Feature Film. Sorry, sorry. It is going to win. It is the best foreign language film of the year. Hands on, right? But if I have a runner-up, it would be Honeyland, which I actually saw today's times recorded. And it right. actually is, uh, well, it's a Macedonian film, actually. And it actually is, like, surprisingly really good, though. And what it's just about, it's about this elderly woman. She's a beekeeper. She lives in this village in North Macedonia. And it's just, like, this cinema verity, like, exploration of her life. Um, she takes care of her, her mother, who is dying. Uh, also... Yeah, they have this subplot involving these this this family who moves next door to her and they like try to take the bees well try to claim the bees for themselves because it's all about making money and all that kind of stuff that they have cattle and it's just that kind of clash between the two of them there. but it's just really about her and just her life basically and sometimes you don't see really in movies right it's just quite a fascinating film it's also nominated for best foreign uh well sorry for best documentary which makes sense because yes while it is a documentary it does tell a simple but very effective and very very well told well very I don't want to say well told, okay? It implies it was right involved. But yeah, very fascinating story here, man. So yeah, so Parasite is going to win for sure. But you know what I mean? As a runner up, I would say Honeyland. Uh, what's your pick for best international feature film? Well, I only saw one, and that was Parasite. <laughs> Sorry to say, I didn't have time to see anything else. Right, uh, right. Parasite. Oh, yeah, I, I really wanted to see Peter Gloria. I really wanted to. But I don't know, just, just time, man. Just didn't get around to it. Uh, we'll Is skip. That, that's yet. Well, right. That's what CP the glory is, is is there. Okay. Well, I got uh, like a uh, not being, uh, Sorry about that. 
Okay, that well, well, that, 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 that's fine. Run up okay. your Android. All right, cool, cool. Uh, we'll forego best live action and best documentary short subject films yeah. because we just haven't seen them, right? Uh, best documentary feature. Uh, <laughs> we have, well, Honeyland, we have Four Summer, The Edge of Democracy, The Cave, and American Factory. My yeah. pick, don't get mad at me, is Honeyland. I, I really think that this right. was a very well-made documentary, but runner up, I would have to give it to your, I have a feeling this is going to be your pick, American Factory. Okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> Just a really well-crafted doc, you know. We just talking about well, you know, Chinese workers and you know, their their ideology when it comes to work compared to Americans and you know, we that kind of stuff that can they work together in this one factory? It'll be very, very, very profound film. Um, I have a feeling that will win because just just off the mere fact that um, the Obama's executive producer show. So yeah, I have a feeling that this is going to this is going to be a shoe in to win best documentary feature. But for me, I still think that Honeyland is great. So I'll be rooting right. for Honeyland, but I'll be happy if American Factory wins. Uh, yeah, what was so, your pick? Yeah, yeah, American Factory is my number one. Um, I have to see something something else you mentioned. Um, we have Four Summer. We have the Edge of the Democracy, which I know was on, Demo- on Netflix, but I'm, I watched Edge it. Of, I saw I saw Edge of Democracy. So yeah, that guy my number two. All right, how was the edge of democracy? Was it great or was it there? Yeah. Good, pretty good actually. I like All it. Right. How it was. It's about uh, something with Brazil, right? I think it's about. Well, it's is that, but it have a more broader trend of you know fashion shenanigans across the planet. But yeah, Brazil is like the root of this. Okay, okay. Uh, one of my favorite categories is up next: best cinematography. We have the Irishman, Joker, the Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. As much as I love the visuals for What's Upon a Time in Hollywood and Joker and Irishman, my pick is Roger Deakins, the G.O.D. of cinematography for, uh, for 1917. I yep. thought that he knocked it out the park with this movie. It looks gorgeous. I mean, even for a show as grim as it, as, you know, as it was. The, uh, runner up, Lighthouse Red. Some right. of the best black and white cinematography I've seen in a movie. Yep. Like ever, in my opinion, Jen. I, I'm so glad that this movie got nominated for, for that. I told yes, cinematography was, was next to perfect, in my opinion. So, those are my picks. Uh, what's yours for cinematography? Yeah, same, same, same here. Same here. All uh, right. 1970 nice. and, a, and a Lighthouse. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is a tricky one, by <laughs> Original screenplay. So, we have Knives Out, Well Deserved, Barrett Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. At Parasite. So, sorry, okay. I had to go with the Golden Globe winner, Quentin Tarantino, my boy, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that he will win Best Original Screenplay. This mainly because right. it really is the most, feels like the most self aware <laughs> script he's ever written, in my opinion. Um, and then, as far as runner up goes, it should come as no surprise Parasite. Yeah, one of right. the best written films of 2019 my honest opinion I, I'm so glad that it made it to that uh, category so yeah that's my run up so what's your pick for original yeah, I, yeah. yeah that's I, I switch places with you so number one Parasite and then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood alright we can live with that okay we don't have to, we don't have to duke it out cool uh, best adapted screenplay this is this is a tricky one uh, we have The Irishman we have Jojo Rabbit Joker Little Woman props right. to, to Greta Gooding. And the two popes. So my pick is the Irishman. 
uh, just being able to t- take this really fascinating story, well, a DC novel, and just yeah. make a damn great, you know, revisionist gangster film, basically. I thought, yeah, these are those points, but um, as far right. as runner up, I will give it to Greta Gerwig for, for Little Women, you know what I mean? Just right. being able to take such a beloved classic and make it kind of give it like a modern viewpoint of it, you know what I mean? And, right. and still make it work. Uh, so, yeah, pro- pro- props to get, um, Greta. If she wins, great for her. Uh, but I still think the Irish men have a huge chance of winning. Uh, what's right. your pick? Yeah, once again, switch places. Um, Greta Gerwig as for Little Women and then Irishman second. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, best animated short, we have Durka or DCERA. We have Kidbull. We have Memorable. We have Sister. And my pick is so easy, Hair Love. Not going to be right. this. Hair Love is going to win. Hair Love is going to yeah. win. Hair Love is going to win. I said that three times. That means it's going to win. No competition in this one here. I know you. you we. we you, uh, I know you can. Uh, you. You totally agree with me, right? Please say yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, nothing. Nothing against that. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. I mean, the last minute of that of that short film alone, but if that don't hit you emotionally, but even you have no soul, you have no heart. Um, best animated feature. This is kind of tricky because one film that I wanted to see, but I didn't get around to it. I have a huge. I have a huge feel. I have a feeling that they will win, uh, but I didn't see it. Like I said. So that would be Missing Link. But I have seen Toy Story 4, which is my pick. I did see Klaus, which is my uh, runner-up. And we have I Lost My Money and How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden Will. Those are also on the list. But for me, my pick is Toy Story 4. Uh, I just loved how... Because I I felt with every Toy Story, the animation just gets better and better. This is the, the closest to photorealism that we'll get, or at least... It, it, oh yes, well, not so much photorealism, but this the lighting that they did with this light alone is so well, yeah, photorealistic, right? And just how the, the how everything just looks so polished and clean, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, my runner up would be Klaus. Uh, this was a show that I actually checked out on Christmas Day, you know, because you well, you, you loved it so much, so I checked it out, and yeah, it was great though. Uh, really, really dug it. Uh, and you know, points for Netflix having two films in this category, along with yeah. uh, I Lost My Body, which I also reviewed. Um, the story was so-so, but I mean, as far as like just weird out there animated film, yeah, it, it kind of works, right? So, uh, what's your pick for best animated feature? Yeah, close, close, and then um, I lost my body. Okay, uh, did you see I lost my body? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what, what, what you thought about it? It was it was, it was fine for you, or it. you expected more? No, I liked it. Just uh, I didn't I don't love it, but I liked it. Uh, but I can I didn't really get into clo- to Toy Story to. to Story so much as much as the others. I like right. it, but I love it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's fine. That's fine. All right, so we, we get into into the big leagues now, right? So best director, we have Martin Scorsese, Irishman, Todd Phillips, Joker, much deserved. Let me be real. Sam Mendes, ninety seventeen, Quentin Tarantino, What's Upon a Time in Hollywood, Boon Jung Ho, Parasite. Now, in a, in, a, in a dream world, I would love it if see Tarantino. Or Bong Joon Ho wins for their films, but my pick is Sam Mendes for 1970. I think he has a huge chance of winning this. My runner-up, well, sorry, I'd give it to my boy, Matt Scorsese for The Irishman. So, uh, what's your pick for best director? Best director, uh, for me, it's uh, Bong Joon Ho and then Sam Mendes. Okay, 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 yeah. Uh, but I, I, I personally would be happy if he wins. Uh, if if Bong Joon Ho wins for 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 Parasite, I really would be happy if he wins for that. 
Uh, best supported actress, we have Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. We have Laura Dude for Barrett's Story. We have Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. We have Florence Pugh for Little Women, much deserved. And we have Margot Robbie for Bombshell, also well deserved as well. But my pick is Laura Dude, Barrett's Story. She came in, she shut shit down, yeah. she killed it. I love her uh, performance. I love her character uh, in it as well. As far as Runner Up goes, uh, I would. Although I have a feeling, although, okay, if she doesn't win for the next cat, well, the well, the subsequent category that I'll get to, I'll be glad if she at least win in this one here. Uh, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Uh, right. I really, really dug the, the character that she played in this. And, you know, just the moments with her and Jojo were, were quite, you know, hard woman, you know what I mean? So, yeah, my yeah. pick is Laura Dern, runner up Scarlett Johansson. Uh, what about you? Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, same, same thing. Uh, Laura Dern and then Scarlett for all right, cool, cool. So we at least we agree on something. Uh, best supported actor. <laughs> we have Tom Hanks, a beautiful lady neighborhood. Auntie Hopkins, the two popes. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci for the Irishman. Brad Pitt, once upon a time in Hollywood. I to kind of cheat here, so my pick is Joe Pesci, the Irishman. My runner up. I have two runner ups. So my first runner up is Al Pacino for the Irishman. I'd be happy. I'd be both happy and disappointed at the same time if he wins over Joe Pesci. But right. I mean, this was the first Scorsese movies ever in that he just keep he just came in and killed it, right? But yep. the second runner up would be Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought that what okay. he brought to that movie was yes, it was subdued and all that, but I thought that he brought he brought he brought something a little bit different, a little some little uniqueness to the story as well. And I really dug his performance here. Uh, which is not seen a lot, I think that Brad Pitt just kills it with all of his performances in my opinion but yeah if it were up to me though know, as far as like uh runner-ups yeah al pacino for irishman but my pick is joe pesci uh what about you yeah, yeah me too uh joe pesci first uh al pacino second um yeah okay cool so so no no second run-ups fine all right uh um, really, I mean. uh, yeah all right so lead actress we have cynthia every irivo sorry for harriet we have Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Uh, Shawcy, keep, don't know how to pronounce that name, sorry. Ronan for Little Woman. Charlie Sterren for Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger for Judy. I'll confess yeah. something, right? A lot of people rooted for Renee Zellweger to win for Judy. I uh, admittedly only watched like about 20 minutes of the show and then I just played down. I just felt it was just boring as hell. But if it were up to me, my pick for lead actress is McGill Scarlett Johansson for, for Marriott Story. I thought that she okay. just delivered such an excellent performance in this. And runner-up goes to Charlie Sterren for Bombshell. Because, yeah, she was she was one of the best things about that movie. Her performance was great as well. You know what I mean? Very, 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 very well. Uh, very, well, great casting, I would say, though. But, yeah, I thought that Charlie's, Charlie's really came through with a great performance in that film. But yeah, uh, Scarlet for Marriage Story, that's my pick. Runner-up is Charlie's Tehran for Bombshell. Uh, but I have a feeling that, you know, Randy Zellweger will win because, you know, because for the 20 minutes that I did see in the show, and I admit, yes, she did nail the, the whole Judy Garland thing down well. But I just, I don't know, the reason why I just tuned out of it is that it's just that I wasn't really sure where the story was going as far as the, well, what you go. I, I wasn't sure what they were going for, basically. So I just... I don't know, maybe I just need to watch it over, I guess. Maybe watch the full thing, but I don't know. I just read for Scarlet for this one. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, 
guys. Uh, yeah, let's see. Back, say back one, one more of them. All right, it's it's Cynthia Irivo for Harriet. We have Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. We have Shore Shields, Ronan for Little Woman. I keep fucking up that name, but sorry. Uh, Charlie Sterrett for Bombshell. And Renny Zellweger for Judy. Right, yeah. Renny Zellweger going to win. For that. Because the whole act. You can't go wrong. Yeah, that, that, that's what's... That's what you do that, like, guys. Yeah, once you do that, that's... Yeah, yeah right. then, but, uh, then so, I, so, I, so I see Ronan for, uh, for Little Woman. Okay, so nothing for for for, for, for Scarjo for for, for my story. Nah, no, 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 for no, sure. <laughs> okay, okay, fine, fine. Um, okay, so two more to go. We have lead actor. We have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. Leonardo DiCaprio for What's About Time in Hollywood. I see a lot of people eyeing this man to win, but I don't think he will. Adam Driver for My Story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Jonathan Price for Two Popes. I mean, yeah. this is obvious. Joaquin Phoenix gonna win this. He gotta win this, right? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me be real. He, he gotta win for Joker. He was he, the best thing about the movie. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, he knocking on the door for a hot minute now, so I don't know. I, yeah. see, I could see him winning. Um, like this, man was putting out, this man was putting out work, like, real work in the 2010s, right? Right. So, like, give him his just due now. Like, come on, right? right. Um, I heard great things about Antonio Banderas' performance in Pain and Glory. I didn't buy it. I didn't yeah. see it. I really, really need to. Um, I loved Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but... Um, and Jonathan Price for two popes as well. Yeah, but as far as runner up goes, um, I'd give it to, to Adam Driver, but for my story. Right. Yeah. Right. Along with, with Scarlett, I thought that his performance was was excellent. So right. what, what's your pick for, for lead actor? Yeah, lead, um yeah, yeah. I think Joaquin go win it. Um and run up Jonathan Price. I thought he was pretty good. Okay, okay, okay. It'd be, it'd be... <laughs> I would say it's a ups- I would say it will be an upset if he wins though, but I'll be glad yeah. for him. I really would be yeah. glad for him. Okay, yeah, he's 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 a veteran, Jen. And has he ever won an Oscar? I don't think so. Has he? I, I can't remember. Anyway, so now we now now for the last for the last award of the night, right? Best picture. Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story. 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. I had to take this, I had to really think about it. So, in my, in my dream world, I'd be happy if Parasite wins Best Picture. I'd also be happy if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins Best Picture. But right now, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my runner up. I'd also be happy if The Irishman wins as well, but that's my second runner up. But my pick is 1917. I think it has a huge chance yeah. of winning. Uh, just excluding the, the, the gimmick, right? The, the long thing thing. I really do think that it is a powerful piece of, of cinema, just a very ambitious yeah. piece of cinema. This is something that people will look at and just remember and be inspired by. And that's the kind of thing you want from a best picture. What you want to be something that people will remember and you know, other filmmakers and writers will be inspired by. You know, I mean, to do that. Um, but yeah, like I say, my runner up is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know what I mean? Um, second runner up is The Irishman because you know it was Scorsese just back in 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 in, in pure form. Um, but and I made this joke last week. Um, the, the wild card now, as in, okay, if 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 you know the politics play out the way I expect it to, I really think that the wild, I really think that Joker <laughs> might end up winning Best Picture. It's something that I don't want to accept now, but I, I, I don't know. I I. I I have a feeling that if it does happen, 
I will be shocked. I'll be like, it, it would be like Green Book shock, but it'll be like, you're actually really giving this a Joker, though? Like, really? Not to say Joker is a terrible movie or it doesn't deserve to be nominated like that, but I just felt that there were other better films within this category here. But I still have that slight little feeling of gut that they might give this a Joker. So that's why I see that's more wild kind of the moment. But for me, 917 is my pick for Best Picture. Runner Ups, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Irish Run. In a Dream World, I'd be happy if Parasite win, but I doubt it. We had our American film to win, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wildcard, like I see, is Joker. Uh, what about you? What's, what's your take on who will win Best Picture? In this, uh, uh, yeah. well, for me, I think, um, this year, yeah, I think, I think, nineteen seventeen and Parasite, round up. All right. Uh, what, what about the, the other films at all? Like, um, like, like they, yeah, they, their chances Irish basically. Irish one, maybe. Irish one, maybe. Little Woman, maybe. Because Little Woman, the interesting thing with Little Woman, the director didn't get through now. So is it possible that I could get through? Yeah, um, I, I personally be upset if it wins though, because like. Okay, right. like, I understand, you know, female director, all that kind of stuff, but this show compared to Parasite. Yeah, compared to Parasite, you know, yeah, that's my thing. And this one is yeah, like, you know, be like a minor film in this grand pantheon of great films, though. but not seeing Little Woman is a terrible movie. Not seeing that, but yeah, go on. Yeah, no, it, it's because she didn't get nominated as director. That's why I think it could get you, maybe, no, I ain't sure. Um, okay. but as I say, yeah. And then Irishman update for me. Um, I really like Ford Bifari. I really want that to win, but well, that ain't gonna win. But um, yeah. 1917 and Parasite is my two. All right, and well, last things last. Um, what, 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 what about Joker? What, what if? I keep seeing that. What if it actually <laughs> wins Best Picture? <laughs> yeah, it could. It could. I mean, I ain't saying no, it can't. I ain't saying it can't win, but uh, I, I ain't no bother. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, it there, it there, nominated. So technically, it's a possibility, but I ain't, I ain't seen it. But whatever. Yeah, but you know, I guess in a week's time we'll see though. Those were our, you know, picks and kind of predictions for, you know, the, the awards for the Oscar ceremony. So, you know, feel free to let us know what your thoughts are on who you think will win what. All right. Okay. So with all that being said, uh Ricardo, where can we find you online? Uh Basat R M D D Y that is at R M D on Twitter. And then you can type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook. All right. Okay, uh, also, well, for me on Instagram, look for BS Beta Bailey. On Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with the Lady Black blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast, as well as the others that we've done over the past five seasons, including retrospect reviews. And uh, before we part ways, uh, stuff to look forward to, uh, we have <sighs> Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous, the emancipation of one Harley Quinn to look out for. Uh, so, you know, we. we well, I will. What? What? All right. So, what I'm really aiming for with the next episode is that we will just kind of well talk about the Oscars themselves, right? Like once it airs the well next week Sunday, it is recorded here. We will hopefully meet up the following Monday and just kind of share our thoughts on the ceremony itself. Talk about who win, right. where win, who's biggest upset, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if we're gonna get like a like a like I don't know, like like a green book scenario where it's like okay this was just tailor me to win even though it should not have won in retrospect but I don't know if we're gonna get that uh, but yeah really really excited to see how this year's Oscars play out right uh, also uh, we have Fantasy Island which is uh, coming up uh, this month uh, also we have Sonic the Hedgehog we have the 
photograph. You know, we 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 have quite a good amount of stuff coming out this month uh, before you know our our annual carnival you know celebrations. There. So it's just a matter yeah. of what we can check out and see. You know, we before you know, uh before carnival. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever it is. This was Match Media. Ricardo Medina. And we're signing off for another episode of BSB to So until the next one, take care. Peace.